Oh, hey, dudes. It's the OFD Podcast. <laughs> it's your totally righteous host, Joshua Voles. He's a fucking emperor, too. And over here, I got my radical senior editor, Jude Cold Pizza. Oh, Cold Cheese Pizza. Seymour. And the most tubular BMAC up in Ann Arbor. Bros. Dude, it's like, you're like a warlord on top of being like supreme? Or is it like oh, dude, a supreme so warlord? Many names I can't keep up. All this stuff is just weighing heavy on me, man. I need a spliff. Wow. Right, this is my favorite. Uh, I my wasn't favorite ready for so this Spicoli energy uh, that you were bringing to this uh, podcast. So There's some energy here. There's some energy. I got to wake the fuck up, guys. This is the first podcast I've ever recorded where I took a shower pre-podcast. Whoa. And I got to tell you, all I really want to do is curl up in a fucking ball and go to sleep. <laughs> so it was not the refreshing shower I thought I was getting. It was the knock you out, go to bed kind of a shower. But here I am. So we'll see how this uh, how this adventure goes tonight. It's gonna get, this is a busy week. This is a busy week. And I got to tell you, I've been slacking. And I've been enjoying every moment of the slacking. No NFL draft profiles. Fuck it. I've gone anti everything <laughs> these last two weeks. You know, I went from like total like NFL draft immersion in like 2017 to like total burnout of NFL draft. Like I'm definitely going to watch on, on Thursday when it starts and oh, probably yeah. watch the whole weekend. But in terms of the mock drafts and stuff, like besides like, just laughing at Chris Sims's mock draft this morning or whatever. Oh my God. What a oh my tool. God. Yeah. I used to I have mean, so much respect for him. Honestly, I did. And it was all thrown out the window and I, dude, I blame you. Your lack of uh, enthusiasm has made me. It's infectious. Off. It's yeah, infectious. Yeah. That's the, that's, I think that that's the most important thing. Uh, and that's, that's why this year and last year too, it was kind of I'm feeling lackluster about the draft is because I don't have that inter office sort of like I don't have that buzz. Right. Where you feed off of the people in your office, like talking about like talking about the draft with your buddies. And right. And the, uh, well, I got to tell you, pandemic, I'm sorry, I, I don't have that. I talked to draft with several NFL po- uh, websites and podcasts. And I got to tell you, it just all it did was make me angry and like Ah, fuck you, NFL. Like, <laughs> like, like, seriously. Uh, I mean, they never get these guys right. Uh, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's just, it's, a, it, their, their, uh, their analysis of the, of these guys all across the board. Like, like when you're just pure NFL guys, your analysis of college players is basically shit. Uh, well, you just, you have no, the NFL guys just regurgitate well, what they hear other the people because they don't yeah. actually watch the game. And they just they, don't watch they the just they try to fit a square peg in a round hole, and and like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is like was the tipping point for me, like when everyone just kept hammering down safety, and it's like this guy is going to be a linebacker in the NFL, and then the the C I mean it literally came up on the Twitter feed, uh, like okay well how many snaps did he play as a linebacker because he had that oh. he had that like, second best. Uh, coverage of a slot receiver by PFF. And I'm like, fucking all of them. Like, he's a fucking all linebacker. He, all well, here's them. what happens is one draft guy 
says something about a, a, a player. And then the rest of them all start parroting the exact same take. That's the whole thing about – and that's why you get ridiculous mock drafts because people want to put out there something that's so ridiculous and, and off the norm that it gets yeah. a buzz. It's like yeah, the Oklahoma so- guys uh, – you know, the 24-7 Oklahoma guys uh, lists that he puts out where they're just – they're based on nothing. He just puts them out there to get people like fired up. And either you're parroting with, – with the NFL guys, either you're parroting someone else's draft takes or you're putting out a draft take that's so ridiculous that everybody wants to talk about it. Uh, yeah, the list guy must be stopped. Jude is out. Jude is uh, out. Uh, on that right. I, yeah, I, I was like, you know, all right, this is just some fun stuff. And I wasn't even getting in any no. of the discussions over it. I just thought it was, okay, this guy's doing his thing and just making some lists. That's fun. Blah, blah, blah. And then I don't know which one came out, uh, but it was Ian Book at number – or not um, Ian Book, but Jimmy Clausen is the 38th greatest at, uh, Notre Dame football player of the yeah. 21st century. He must be stopped. He absolutely must be Eastern stopped. Michigan having the worst group of five helmet. That Air you Force mu- it must like be stopped. The, Air Force at worst is the second best group of five helmet, right? The Thunderbolt at worst oh, it's is the second helmet. best. It's a great helmet. And it's below. Like, dude, below Eastern Central has like Florida. six different helmets for now. Eastern's like the the Oregon of the Mac. Must be the green color that allows and allows them to do this. But I mean, Eastern's uniform getups are fucking pretty slick. They're superior in every way to Central's. And fucking I'm not argue with that. <laughs> and, and, and Western and, and Western guy, they're not even they, they're classified as NAIA in the uniform game. Western let some like Western let their entire motif and uh, design palette go to boat oars for a what solid four Western, years. What happened is in 1963, Western decided, you know what? Someday weed is going to be legal in the state. <laughs> and we are going to have the team colors and logos to match that energy. That's how you it. That's all you explain. The only way you can explain it. <laughs> oh, but, okay. So you're not excited. So you haven't been excited since 2017. Um, so none of us are excited. No, I was excited. I, after that. I did it for a couple. Excited. I did it we're for a couple record, years after that. But we're about to record just, a podcast and nobody is excited. I, I, well, no, I no, 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 like, As soon as you start like with one mock draft, it's for me. It's like an addiction. Like I just, I like. I hoover them all. And then I'm just like, Ugh. it's like, it's like just overload, like sensory overload because everybody like, so what I found in doing this and studying this for a couple of years and, and, and I'm actually kind of glad that the sports and the analytics guys, Cooper and Jack took this over this year and, that, and did some actual um, charting of this. But what you find is like, first of all, there's once you get past round two, like there's just, there's just no consensus on anything. Right. Like, um, oh yeah, uh, you know guys who weren't even mentioned in some people seven round mock, mock drafts get put picked in the fourth round. Uh, you know I remember lots of Josh, Josh Adams love and he didn't get picked. I remember lots of Tavon Coney love and he didn't get picked. Like it just 
guys are just like, all right, who's a four-star recruit that uh, played well at a at a well-known uh, college? Here we go. Put him in the sixth round to the Browns. Why not? Yeah, and why not? And it was not? just never right. You know, and it was never right. And like, and again, you, you're not expecting to get it all right or whatever, but like at least like team needs, you know, and say like, okay, well, well, I have a pretty good feeling the Chargers are looking for, you know, and I'm and I'm just making stuff up here, but uh, a running back, uh, two wide receivers, and three guys to play, you know, uh, safety or cornerback. You know what I mean? And then the the right. then the Chargers go out and draft like two quarterbacks, you know, like a, a linebacker, a, a, an edge rusher, and basically everything but what you said. You know, and so I tended to gravitate towards the guys who who got it right. And to be honest with you, one of the guys who used to get it right a lot was Mike Mayock. And yeah. he doesn't do it anymore, obviously. Um, right. So there is, you know, the guys who uh, tend to, to be really accurate are not like the Peter King types that you would think of, who are like super well connected. Uh, or Mel Kuyper is like the, one of the worst. He has one of the worst draft averages. Like he's not good at, at, at picking where, you know, where teams are going to pick or whatever. You know what he, you know what he is good at though? He's he's good at being busy. He's good at being busy. He is good at being busy. He's good. And that's important. He's also good at like throwing out the, like, he was the, um, he was one of the first, like when you're the pioneer, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like Tom Lemming. It's like, listen, Tom Lemming really has no business being a recruiting guru right now in this day and age. Not anymore. That's not to take away what he once was, which was the guy. But he has no business being a a, a, a mouthpiece of the industry now. And, and so getting anything from him now, it's like, it's just you, dog. I mean, there's not a whole lot of perspective going on here. <laughs> I remember, like, I think it was, I think it was uh, 2018. McShea put out a – Todd McShea put out a, a mock draft, like, I think tw- less than 24 hours before the actual draft basically showing Baker Mayfield not being picked number one overall. And it was just like, you can't, how can you script the number one pick? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I right. just, well, how many, you, you want clicks before the draft and yeah, you put and out that, a draft where you go. And that's the it, other problem is you don't know, true. you don't know the seriousness of, of this, or if somebody's just like, look, my mock draft's a little stale. What? I've got to get clicks. And so therefore, let me just let me get crazy with Baker Mayfield going third and Sam Darnold going first. And it's like, well, you, if you want to get if you want to get crazier and deeper down the rabbit hole. Not only is our is every media outlet looking and that's us included. We are we're part of it. I mean, everyone everyone's trying to get squeeze every fucking drop they can out of the draft for clicks. Not only that, but you also have the NFL teams throwing smoke screens out there left Absolutely. and right. So not only are you getting exaggerated takes, but you're also getting exaggerated bullshit, you know, thrown out there. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in a way it's the most ridiculous and stupid thing, but in another way, it's also kind of what makes it fun as shit. Cause you all, cause everyone knows this. Love it. I mean, everyone knows like, do you think, do you think the 49ers are going Matt Jones at number three? Like no, number one and two is a lock. It's, it's Trevor and it's Wilson. Um, but do you think the 49ers, do you think that's a smoke screen? Do you think they're going, do you think they're actually going Mac Jones? No, three I think, or- I think Trey Lance is the, is the smoke screen. I think they threw out Trey Lance. And, and that thing is, they have no reason to lie. That's the, that's the thing that kills yeah, me. That, is like, who's He's coming going, up for freaking Mac Jones besides them? You know? I mean, somebody so, wants to come up for, for Justin. I mean, I, when she, shouldn't you be, I don't get the whole Justin Fields 
uh, hate. It, you know, I mean, it's the only way you can look at it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I never in a million years would I draft either Mac Jones or Trey Lance ahead of Justin Fields. I just wouldn't. I would draft Mac Jones before. Uh, I wouldn't. Justin Fields. I would not I would. either. I wouldn't. But, I'm. Know, uh, but look. yeah, I'm. I mean, he's good at putting the ball in very good players' hands, and if he goes to a good system, um, and that's that's Who the thing talking? I think with Justin Fields. Who are you talking about? Well, both of them. But I I think that yeah, Justin okay. Fields is in the right so like system. A, now Mac Jones had a few good players on his uh, down there in Alabama. I would say that he's had better players, wide receivers. Uh, I think okay. that he's had better. I would. Wide receivers. He's had a high trophy winner this last year. Yeah, and, and I'm old enough to remember. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, Justin Fields playing Northwestern this year. <laughs> no, uh, but then I also remember what he did to Clemson uh, when we were burying him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his Indiana and Northwestern game gives me pause. But then I remember against Clemson when he threw six touchdowns and basically looked like a god, uh, just lofting balls uh, in the air to open receivers. That was some, like. Isn't Justin Fields? Isn't he from Georgia? Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's he went to Georgia originally. From, I don't know if he's from right, but he's from he's from the state of Georgia, though, isn't he? That feels right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he went to I, Georgia, I think that's probably. right. Because I think that was like the thing, like him and well, anyways, I think he's from the state of Georgia itself, and then went to Georgia. But I mean, Clemson, yeah, that Kennesaw, South Carolina, Kennesaw, Georgia. Yeah. See, so. Uh, yeah, he was he was put one on uh, a South Carolina team. It's just, it's just a it's a deep South thing. Yeah, I'll say I'll say another uh, other reason I I, I kind of walked away from it a little bit was, um, I, I did I would look at two hundred mock drafts and nobody would have this is a perfect example nobody would have Mike McGlinchey in the top ten right not nobody but like just uh, such a low number like six six out of two hundred right. And then Gil Brandt, who is a director, a former director of player personnel, I think for the Cowboys, would come out and say something like, you know, McGlinchey's going to go top 10 or whatever. And and it was just like you thought he was just another hot take guy. And you're like, are you confusing him for Quentin Nelson? Because I think Quentin Nelson is a, is a consensus, you know, top six, top eight pick or whatever. But there's no way McGlinchey's going pop, top 10. And then the freaking uh, 49ers stay at nine to, to draft him. And it's like – Okay, and and so okay. you're just sort yeah. of like, wow. That was a that was a shocker. That was a shocker. Like that nobody had the, nobody had this intel on this team. Like they kept it so like guys are keeping their picks so well under the, the the radar that basically one guy, one like legitimate blue check mark guy says like he's top ten, and everyone else has got him more closer to you know. Tw- hey, I we're, think it was like we're blue check mark guys now. or whatever. So yeah, um, blue check mark guys now. Quick question about yeah, that draft. About that draft, dude. Um, I noticed that you said it was after 2017 that it broke you. So it would have been that 2018 draft. Did you New York Giants pass on some players they could have used in in that draft? I knew they famously took Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, um, to be honest with you, Brendan, I had a cookie last week and I can't really remember anything that happened maybe a couple <laughs> years ago. So. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm just really, I'm really happy with uh, exactly who we have. Uh, you know, just really can't, can't say anything about guys we missed out on. So. Speaking of natural disasters, before we go any further, <laughs> before we go any Football further, giants. <laughs> yeah, 
before we go any further into uh, our, our NFL draft talk, and and by the way, I, we just we just started sneaking into it. We're doing NFL draft preview stuff tonight and blue goal game uh, stuff tonight. So this is uh, uh, this is a big show. Hopefully, only an hour and twenty minutes. I think we can do it in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. before we, like <laughs> before we get get too deep in all that, I do want to bring up, uh, like I said, another disaster, and that is the the shirt committee's decision to put Ooh. out yet another oh, piece of trash. And I, I got to tell you guys, I I can't say who it was at all, but somebody at Notre Dame texted me uh, right after uh, I published my very quick fashion uh, critique and just said he was dying, uh, <laughs> you know, agreeing about how garbage this is. Uh, but you know, thought the, thought the story was funny, but it's just, it's so bad, man, again. And it's, I put it all in the critique. So I, I'm not going to get too in, back into deep into the weeds, but it's just like how, this is never going to be a great piece of clothing, but it doesn't have to be bad either. Yeah. I look, I think we've had this kind of tension where Brendan and I have been very much like pro, um, the shirt. We buy them every and, year, right? Yeah. We buy them every year. I've, I've already bought it. I've, yeah. And, and that's <laughs> I've the thing. I've already bought it. They had my money before they announced it. And so yeah. I'm not going to change my mind, but at the same time, like, this was the first year I was like, wow, they just stole the the artwork from the dollar bin of the Hallmark cards and decided to put it on the back of this one. And I just like last year's I was like, oh, OK, OK. Two years ago, I, I kind of liked. Um, but this one is just I, so, I mean, it does it doesn't make a difference for me to dunk on it. Like, but I just I wholeheartedly agree with you, Josh. Like this one is, is going to be like it's not going to be one I pull out a lot and wear because it's just it's not a great. Fr- one. At first glance, it was first glance. It wasn't the very me. first glance. I say the very first glance of it. It was like, oh, OK. It, like it took a second to like take in all the awfulness. But the very first glance of that front, that's not bad. Now, after after a few seconds, you're realizing what the hell's going on. You're like, oh, dear, dear Jesus, help me. And so th- I think that makes it even worse. Like, I think you were on to – like, that front's okay. I think strong and true in Notre Dame football need to be flip-flop there. You need to make the team name bigger yeah, yeah. fucking your logo. I mean, it just – it's I, I, call, I said it in the, in the uh, story. It's the recipe. They have a recipe for these things now, and it's all about here's a Notre Dameism, and then here's a quote – and then, yeah, you know, and uh, strong and true is 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 getting a lot of play. You yeah, know? yeah, I was. But there's but you, know, you there's a lot of the back. back. You oh, flip God. to the back, Joshua, and Oof. fucking that's it's, the time where Jesus looks over to Gabriel and he says, "Blow the motherfucking trumpets, because it's over. We're done. This experiment has failed. Dog. Blow the trumpets. <laughs> Looks We're like a, everybody up." Fuck. What is that? Uh, Kincaid, right? The art, the, that's like the pop artist. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. It's so big too. It is so Thomas Kincaid, right? It feels like a Thomas Kincaid jam. Like one I of just, the biggest beefs people had was the quote, which again, I am anti quotes here because they're just cheesy. But 
the quote that they chose, uh, racist decided. As long as there is unity, there is strength. Aeroparsegian, right? Aeroparsegian. So racist decided that, you know, this is too political, uh, which, but whatever. Even if they're trying to be political, it's an error thing. But my favorite part it was actually of the whole like day and a half of this was me defending the fucking cheesy ass quote because someone was talking about how fascist it was. And I'm like, deep breath. It's fucking, it's union speech. It's a team sport. Uh, it's a team is, sport. It's yeah. solidarity. It's a social, it's a socialist ideal, not fascism. You fuck. You read a history book. Anyways, <laughs> it's, it's, anyways, it's just, it's bad. It's, all of it's bad. It's the color isn't right. It's not Kelly green. It's a, it's got some weird injection of seafoam. It is a lot like, it's a lot like the 2000. Well, you never, you, you actually don't know what color it is. Cause famously the shirt and these strong picture on field. Strong. And not take the same. Right. I thought it was funny too, that they, they released like a dad bod edition of the, the picture where they put it on a mannequin <laughs> that was like, like slightly like ill-fitting for the shirt. Another the shirt like kind of well, the, these shirts are ill-fitting. They're yeah. just the, 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 they are the just shit Coliseum, shirts. I think, right? Yeah, Coliseum. I've never liked when they flip the Coliseum. I just don't like the fit. And you know, they're, they are very reasonably priced at $18, even for a piece of trash. But I mean, I would suggest to the committee, it's if perfect. you're not going, if you're not going to change your cheesy ass recipe, to at least change your shit vendor to a better provider of t-shirts. It's not hard. It's not hard to find vendors that will provide you t-shirts. Coliseum is not the only one out there and there are plenty of other ones out there. It may cost you and you might have to have an extra dollar or two to the shirt, but anyone that's buying this piece of garbage for $18 is going to buy it for $20. No one is not saying this is too much. If they're buy, if they're all in and buying this piece of trash, it's just it's bad. It, it most years I will I I talk about it being a camel, and I don't know if it's this is the one year I'm not sure if it is a camel. It's just bad. Some I mean someone took an art history class and and made a joke about Thomas Kincaid, and here we are. Mm-hmm. I mean. You would have been better off ripping off like fucking Botticelli or something. I don't fucking know. I just I can't I can't I just can't believe they can't find somebody who can make a good design out of this. Not one year. Not one year where I'm like, oh that that sure is so awesome. I know a guy. I just, I just I, love the fact I, that last year they they went hyper overboard with the ridiculous amount of like inside like the number of jet streams. Right. And everything was a, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. you know, you a Dan, a decoder ring. yeah, it, it was like, uh, and literally, was literally like, this year was like Jersey to match current Jersey. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like a, was like a greeting card for, it was like a greeting card that your grandma would get you. Or like I saw some, I don't remember where I saw it. So it's not my credit, but it was like, it was the discount Notre Dame shirt that your grandma bought you from Sears. Yeah. Like you don't need the helmet on there twice. Front and back, and it's the same I mean, picture. They copy and pasted the the helmet from the back, and they just put oh, it on the front. I'm sorry, you, well, you have it. You have it three. You have three helmets on this damn thing. 
I mean, I know yeah. Jude and I the know same a, a picture, guy. The, the helmet on the back is the same as the helmet on the front. And that helmet on the back is like, it looks like one of those giant Martian, like uh, who is the baseball player for the Mets that used to wear the giant helmet? Look like uh, John Oliverud. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yes. it was uh, uh, yeah. John Oliverud. Yeah, it was John Oliverud. You played for the yeah, Blue Jays. It, it's like a helmet that looks like the Great Kazoo from uh, uh, the Flintstones, where it's like enormously large. Oh, Jude, you, you and I were just thinking of the hard hat, the everyday hard hat out in the field, John Oliverud. Yeah, not the giant helmet. But listen, like I, I want to get this point across. Notre Dame has a great, oh. has a good design program, and there is David a person Wright, that you I know very about, well. You're talking about Alex Cor- Torres after he got beat no, no, in no. the head. No. I was talking. Look, look up David Wright. Oh, David, uh, David Wright. That was he also had like after, a big dumb giant helmet. That he was, was like, also after a beaning, right? Wasn't that a beaning thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a Let me get this point across. Sorry, my bad. You. You have a you have this fucking committee, and they they showed the people this year, I, which made me actually feel bad about my takes because now I have faces to the committee and I feel bad because they're kids. Uh, but at the same time, it's like you have complete. This is how you know they have completely jumped the shark, because there are professors there in graphic design, and there is a person that we know very well that that does a lot of design work for Notre Dame, and it's fantastic. All the branding stuff. How you think you can do this on your own and not like say, hey, uh, I'm going to walk down to this office and and show them a few designs and see what they think. Give us an honest critique. That would be a smart thing, right? To get an honest critique. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if college kids are up for being criticized anymore, but I would. How does this not get took to somebody and be like, what do you think? And if they don't pass out from the awfulness. They could tell them first, you know, this is trash. You have three helmets on here, a gothic window with a Thomas Kincaid painting, a cheesy quote, a Notre Dameism on the front. I mean, it's just, it, I'm not sure about this color. I mean, do we really need the back graphic? Do we really need it to be that big? I mean, we have, do you really need the Coliseum graphic on the arm sleeve to go along with the t-shirt organization sli- patch on the other side? I mean, this is like, this is, this is a jersey in a t-shirt form. And this is like, oh man, like the 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 worst like soccer league jersey in fucking Uzbekistan. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Whoever's job this was, um circling back to just why not? The Mets. This was a Bartolo Cologne being like in the batter's box, swinging and miss with his helmet falling off and him looking like a complete goober. It was a complete <laughs> whiff. Plus, Cologne is a complete goober. This, this is like a <laughs> keep it with the Mets. This is like the turn ahead the clock Mercury Mets uniform. <laughs> yes, yes, with the yes, gender bending yes. symbol on the uh, on the hat. Uh, this is yeah. like the Mets uh, giving a contract to Bobby Bonilla for the life for just, his life. This is just the Mets since the Miracle Mets. <laughs> Well, I mean, the 86 Mets were pretty awesome, but never mind. So, which they're going to do a 30 for 30 on, by the way, a last dance esque 30 for 30 on the 86 Mets. So, how did we get into the fucking Mets in this podcast? Jesus, we get into some rabbit holes. But, anyways, I, d- I just wanted to make sure that we had ample time to trash this thing because it deserved to be trashed. So, 
poor transition back to the draft. Uh, I am angry about the Liam Eikenberg. I, I won't say hate, but unlove. Because I, I, honest to God, I don't get it. I really do not get it. A guy who hasn't given up a sack in two years, uh, his size, it looks athletic enough and is fucking pretty tough and has done a pretty good job. I mean, not he's just a pretty, I mean, he's, he's been the guy on the line at the position that the NFL drools over. And we're talking like 50th overall pick, maybe that bad. I, I, like, there's there's guys, guys there are tackles. It's not just that he's going, he's going that late. There's, they have like three or four linemen going ahead of him. Like, wait a minute. This guy is a fucking consensus all American. This guy is the best blocker in the ACC. Yet there's two guys from the ACC ahead of him. Give me a fucking break. It, no one can explain it to me. No one really can explain it to me. And those, the NFL guys that I've talked to, they're just parroting where the mock drafts are at. I'm like, yeah. is this real? Well, that's what the whole thing is, is he's going to end up sneaking into the end of the first round. Um, is you're going to see a team take him towards the end of the first round. I don't and so. I, I don't I know, man. I mean, I think it would have been the chiefs before they made the trade. I think that was a real. I mean, what about the what about the Colts? What about the Colts? Would they would they take a, an offensive tackle? I think that's just a fan theory because of Nelson and you know. Because does he go before Jack? Because he's he's going to be the the sixth or seventh offensive lineman taken, right? So he's going to go after Darisaw. He's going to go after Jenkins. He's going to go after. Maybe after Walker I'm definitely Little after from Stanford later. Um, I don't I, maybe Walker Little, but I don't know yeah. how you can take a kid that hasn't taken a snap of of, of collegiate football since I mean, cause September cause 2019. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's huge. But the last the last time I saw him play, uh, he got dominated in 2018. Yeah, because he hasn't he he hasn't played since September 2019. It. it I don't get it. I, I don't under. I'm I'm with you, Josh. I don't understand how a guy who is well, done look, nothing. We're talking but, about Micah Parsons being a top ten person, and he opted out of all last year. So like, it's not. It's well, not unheard and of. And the number one tackle in the draft, Sewell, right? Yeah. I think, but but I think I think the positions make the difference there. Like it, like the reason why Aaron Banks is 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 looked at so low is because he he hasn't he hasn't been playing left tackle. Micah Parsons at linebacker and then put it put together his pro date stats and people are drooling because he fucking runs like a goddamn gazelle. <laughs> right. Cause he's got, he's got measurables. Yeah. He's he can, got too. And he always knew the reason he opted out and the reason Sewell opted out is because they knew that they were going to be top five picks, top 10. And really the only thing Pars- Parsons has on woo is size. He's got like 20 more pounds on him. Yeah. So you, you know, there's same type, same type of measurables everywhere else, except for weight is bigger. Um, I would but, argue, but, that there, but there's the not a instincts, huge difference between the I two would argue as far that the instincts, as drafted. Yeah, at. I would argue that Wu's instincts are significantly better um, than Micah Parsons because Micah Parsons hasn't played uh, high level football right. for as long. He's sharper. played one season. He's sharper, which makes yeah. the difference. It's the Dalen Hayes effect, right? Like Dalen Hayes played so little football in high school and then got you know, all the injuries. It, it took Dalen, it take it took Dalen Hayes a while. It was a rolling start for Dalen. 
you know, through, for his time, you know, they're another name. It, it's, you just can't, you can't miss a whole year and be better than you were the year before. I just, I don't believe that's the case. I think everyone that sat out a year is going to get in the league and instantly have like an issue. I like, don't disagree with that. And, uh, that's not to say that they can't over. I'm, look, the NFL isn't a four year gig, like in high school, like in college. So, I mean, yeah. teams are looking at this, like this is going to take a year or two. That's fine. And that's fine. That's not, cause I'm not saying that these guys can't overcome that, but any thoughts about impact player as a rookie, uh, these guys that sat out a year, you're drafting them off of the potential you think you can get them at in two or three years, as opposed to some of these, you know, some of your draft picks in those early rounds, that that first round, those are supposed to be kind of like impact guys. That's the five stars. Well, that right? was that's why Jalen right? Smith went at the top of the second round um, in his draft class. Well, that and they, he wasn't going to play well, that season. Jerry Jones is an evil genius, right? It was the fucking Cowboys yep. doctor that operated on Jalen, and they were the only ones. I mean, if yes, if Dallas doesn't draft Jalen Smith where he got drafted at, he drops down to the fourth yeah. or fifth round. I mean, it was amazing that they took him that high, but they had the inside scoop on it, and they were just like, "Fuck it, we're we're pulling the trigger now." That was you want to talk about smoke, evil genius Jerry Jones, right there. I mean, he just he hangs out with a so, devil. I guess I want to circle back. I, I don't think it's that much of disrespect to call Liam Eikberg a solid second rounder when you think he should be in the first. Like if he was, if he was, oh, no, no, if he was yeah, mocked in the third or fourth or whatever. I, th- I feel like you have more of an issue there. Well, now but. there's, but now there's people saying, <laughs> God fucking bless you, mock drafts. There now there's actually mock drafts out there that have Aaron Banks going before Liam Eikberg. I saw that, that which is very interesting. Now that I, that's, I, that's I, did, I did go on record. I did go on record uh, in a podcast saying that between Aaron Banks and Eichenberg, I felt that Aaron Banks possibly has a higher ceiling. Yes. Because I think he's more versatile. I think there's a higher ceiling with, with Banks, but there's a lower floor, I believe with Eichenberg. I think you can plug Eichenberg into a right tackle position for, a day solid ha, for day one for a solid seven years. Here's and my point: if you were going to do it with, you McClendon, won't hear his name called except for maybe every other every fourth game a false start. If you could do that with McGlinchey, I mean, what is the difference between Mike McGlinchey and Liam Eikenberg? Um, what is the difference? They even had the same false start uh, <laughs> problem the 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 year you know the year before their last year at Notre Dame. What is the difference between Mike McGlinchey and Liam Eikenberg? Is it a couple inches? I think it's a couple inches. How tall is how tall is Liam Eikenberg? I think Liam um, six six. I think McGlinchey's six eight. Six eight. Uh, he's a, he's a, so he's got an inch and a half to two inches. Well, uh, in that case, what matters is Mike, yeah, Mike McGlinchey's six eight and, and McGlinchey was drafted as six, a six. And McGlinchey wasn't drafted as a left tackle. He was drafted as a yeah, right tackle. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. So someone has to explain me the difference between a top 10 Mike McGlinchey and a top and a 50th overall Liam Eikenberg. Um, one I, inch look, okay. and one inch and five eighths uh, on arm how, how length much, and two inches of height. How much money is that? 
what's the difference between a top 10 NFL draft pick and say mid round, mid second round? What's the difference in money? Well, if you have, if you're a top, if you're a first round draft pick, you are guaranteed four years of contract guaranteed. Mm -hmm. If you are a second round draft pick, you are guaranteed two years. So if you're a first round draft pick and you blow out your knee in training camp, you get four years. If you're a second round draft pick and you blow out your knee and you're done, you get two years. If you're third, everybody after the second year, they only get one year of guaranteed. You get you get that first paycheck, the first year. That's it. That's the only so, thing you're guaranteed. Oh, I'm looking at overthecap.com and I'm telling you, at number ten, uh, the Cowboys pick at number ten is worth twenty point one million dollars in the first contract, and let's say middle of the second would be eh, approximately fiftieth. 50th overall. 50th. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, I'm looking at 50th, which is Miami's pick, um, $6.7 million overall. So about $14 million over the, the life of the four-year contract. Jesus Christ. And that four years is guaranteed. You're going to rob and, that beautiful Ohioan of $14 million NFL? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah, they are. Like the Browns, like the Browns cursed you that bad? Fuck. <sighs> Were the Bengals jerseys really that bad? You're going to screw over another Ohioan? Actually, those Bengals jerseys, uh, those sacrilegious no to pants. say in the top. There's no orange pants. Uh, they look a lot better than they did There's previously. There's no orange pants. Hey, it's not Clemson getting ready to play for a championship. <laughs> <laughs> no, they certainly are not playing for a championship in Cincinnati. No. <laughs> Ah, uh, so well, let's uh, let's turn this conversation. Well, I, I think. Well, I want to I want to get the rankings here because I th- I think this might take a second. So I asked the guys before we recorded. I told them you know we're not going to do uh, rank everything tonight. Our normal rank everything, but let's tie in with the draft here. And I want to know what you guys think the top five Notre Dame guys, but top five NFL careers that are going to come out of this Notre Dame draft class. Okay, uh, I got mine. If if you want, I can I can fire it off. Go ahead. Um, so I got. It's a little chalk at the start. It's uh, Jeremiah, <laughs> um, right? Because I I just think that I mean, like, how could you player. how could you vote against him as the number one? I, it's just I'd I'm love to I'm very curious. It. Yeah, I would um, think I think Wu would be everyone's number one yeah. on this one. I think that Liam Eikenberg is number two because I think that once he gets onto a team, he will sit at right right tackle for seven to ten years. Um, Number three, though, um, I think it's Robert Hainsey because I think that a team is going to take Robert Hainsey and he's not going to go away. And he is going to find himself starting on an NFL line in the next three years. He feels like a third round. He feels like a third, fourth round Pittsburgh pick. Uh, that's yeah, kind of my thought is that they're going to draft him to play center. center. And, I can play center and guard. And yeah, yeah. that's he's my there. For and that's why I think, and, and it kind of part of me is too. Why I put him at three is because I want the Pittsburgh Steelers to take him because Pouncey just uh, retired. And I'd love to have, um, you know, Hainsey there. And plus the Castro's always got some line issues. They, they need some they, help. Serious. Alejandro Villanueva left. Um, yeah. Pouncey's moved on, so yeah, I'm I mean, I can, I, I'm I, all about it. It's a good looking pick for Pittsburgh in the second round if they can if they can work it out. So I, they I, could. That, the, I've problem seen that for problem. problem for Pittsburgh is uh, Ian Rappaport says they're going to take Najee Harris if he's available. Yes, they are. Right? 
Yep. And then you yep. got to take Nashi. You, you have to take, take Nashi. Yeah. Yep. Um, number four. Although I've seen some mocks to take a center in the first round for the, for Pittsburgh. So. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, Dickinson, right? Yeah, if it's Landon Dickinson, that's the only center you could take. Um, and he looks like he's healed up because he was doing backflips or whatever, or cartwheels <laughs> at Matt Jones Pro Day. So his, his knee looks okay. Yeah, he, look, um, he looked like he was all right. Yeah, he looked like he was okay. Um, but uh, And then after that, I think it's um, Aaron Banks at four, and then I think it's Ade at five because I Ooh. think that – Ade Ogundeji has a unique skill set that in the NFL they're going to utilize. Um, a lot that. like the choir bros uh, were sort of utilized with their unique skill set too. So I think Ade um, ends up having a pretty decent career too. So that's my five. Okay. That's, that's great. I, I love Ade. I like I love it. Ade. I love I like Ade. It. All right, Jude. Um, so, okay. so yeah, who's, who's definitely number one. Um, I'm going to just to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to go Aaron Banks at two. I'm going to go Eichenberg at three. I'm going to go. Uh, oh God, it's so hard because I got about three guys that I'd like to put in four and five. So I'm, I'm going to say uh, Hainsey at four. And then I'm going to cheat and say KJ Stefferson at five. Oh, <laughs> Where does KJ go? Where does where does KJ get drafted, Jude? I'm looking at a mock that has him in the mid fifth round, which I'm. I was gonna say I would say fifth round. Yeah, I mean he's so fast. He's so and he's so good. Like Brian Kelly doesn't play a freshman, right? Well, he played this one. <laughs> you know, he's good. Yeah, I mean he's I, fucking I, good. F- fifth or sixth sounds right. Um. And if not, then I hope for him to be an undrafted free agent and get his chance to catch on with a team that he want, that he thinks he's got the best chance at. So you know what, I'm rooting for KJ, so I'll allow you to have them on that list. That, that's sweet. That's acceptable. That's acceptable. So good for Stefferson, man. Good for him. I mean, Happy the one guy, and I don't want to steal your thunder here, but the one guy we haven't talked about yet is a guy that a lot of people are thinking just because he had kind of had an unspectacular unspec- Notre Dame career doesn't mean he, he couldn't be great in the NFL. So, which of course might be on your he's list, so I don't six. want to spoil it for you. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me six. get through my list first. Let me get through my list first. All right. So, number one, obviously Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. I think we can all we all agreed on that. That's that. Yeah. This seems like a no brainer. He is the next generation of defender in the league that the, that college football has has had, but the NFL, you know, eventually steals from college. This is how this is what everything's evolving into. Uh, I think he's going to be amazing wherever he's at. Um, number two, coming in hot, smoking hot, my man, Tommy Tremble. I there think, you go. I think with there Tommy's skills, that, that was who you were referencing, right, Jude? That yeah. was who I was referencing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I I knew that's what, I knew you were getting to that. I think with Tommy's skill set, I think that there are several teams right now. He's plug and play right off the bat. And, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to fit on every NFL roster, but the ones that you do fit on, you're going to be one of the, you're going to be pretty fucking good and have a pretty good chance of making a big impact. And so with his skill set, I believe he has, he can do that. I think he's going to have a long and, and really nice career. Uh, number three, Liam Eikenberg. I have nothing but belief, uh, in Liam 
we've seen it on the field. Uh, and I just, I feel disrespected that, that he isn't considered a, by everybody as a first round pick. I can only imagine him, uh, and how he feels. Uh, I know he's like, he wants, what do you say? He's, dra- he's getting drafted for a career, not for a, not for a spot. Uh, and that's, that's awesome lip service. Uh, but he's people too. And, uh, he probably has his feelings hurt, but when his feelings get hurt, it's different than other people's. He will crush people. Uh, cause he is large. Uh, number four, uh, Look, I got, you can't, just poke Liam, you can't just poke Liam Eikenberg in the eye and expect to get away with it. He'll just play you one eyed. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, he's going to kill you. He knows that you poked him in the eye. He is going to fucking destroy you, which he did. I, uh, it's just, uh, hashtag Ohio. Um, number four coming in smoking hot. And I mean, this one is a, this is way hotter than treble. The giant giraffe, Benny Sko. Oh my God. He's getting, well, first off, you're saying he's getting drafted. No, 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 no. This is an undrafted free agent. Okay. I, I, I mean, I think, I mean, screw Look, round seven, anybody can get drafted, right? It's just, it's a fucking free for all of that. Who, who knows what happens? Uh, so he could get drafted in the, you know, the seventh round, but, but yeah. I think most people are looking at undrafted. But this guy, he's way more productive than anyone ever gave him credit for. Northwestern and Notre Dame. He's faster than anyone gets him credit for. He's big. I think there's a use for him. I also think that he's a guy that could be like uh, Marquise Colston, like get moved to tight end back and forth a little bit. You know what I mean? Like he's got he's got that skill set where he could be a, um, you know, offline kind of tight end for a team. Uh, it's it's all the rage with some in some systems. I think he could have a, a really solid career. That is definitely a hot take. Uh, and that's fine. I'm, I'm admitting that and that's fine. Uh, but I think the potential is there for him to have a really amazing career based off of size, speed, use. He's got great catch radius and he, you know, he balls out. And last but not least, yeah, he's Fort Wayne. Give uh, the Summit Cities a little bit of love there. Uh, and then number five, I have Aaron Banks. Um, again, I, I said that he has a higher ceiling than Eichenberg. I still believe that. Um, and I just, I, he's a guy, he's, these Notre Dame linemen, they'll, they'll get in the league and they'll just stick around. So I, I think he's gonna have a really good career wherever the hell it is that they want to use some giant six foot seven, 335 pound fucking Polynesian guy. Who would want that? Yeah. Who wants that? Uh, not the giants, (laughs) probably not the giants. <laughs> so the only saving grace for the Giants in my eyes is that Luke Pettigoat was there for like two decades. <laughs> and Mike Rosenthal. Yeah, and Mike Rosenthal. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So yeah, sure it's, that their it's, offensive a, linemen cannot stretch at all. They need zero flexibility. Yeah, so there's a little skip Bayless in, in in my list there, but I mean, shit, man. Again. We don't know what's going to happen. It's a, it's a pig in a poke. Yeah. It's a, yeah. 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 We could, I could, pull, I could pull this, this episode up in 10 years and just be like, look how fucking right I was. Betty Sko, Super Bowl champ, bitches. I, I definitely had some takes back when Jimmy Clausen got uh, picked. Yeah. I didn't record a podcast then, uh, which is probably a good thing 
but there are print things <laughs> that are easier to find <laughs> than what's said on a podcast, unfortunately. All right. Um, so let's get to something else to bitch about. And cause I got to get it off my chest cause I been doing it every year is I fucking hate the new format in the NFL draft. I fucking hate it. I think it's a piece of shit garbage. I like the it's Saturday. It's so clear. You don't like the fact that they've seg- they've separated the first round and the second round. That now the the day one is the first round, day two is the second and third, and then it proceeds it. into. I fucking hate it. I absolutely hate it. Hate it. I mean, call me old, but I mean, it's just I'm not. I don't want the draft over with that night. After the first round, I'm ready to get into the fucking second round, see what the hell's going on. I hate it. I understand every single reason why they're doing it. It all makes perfect business sense. And that's fine. I just don't give a fuck. I think it's trash. I think it sucks. I, I miss the, other, the other thing I is we've, rounds we've had four through we've had we've had a couple of years now where Notre Dame guys who could have been late first rounders are getting are having to wait till the next day and it's killing us. Like I, I remember Manti Teo being like, I thought for sure he was going in the first round. And then he, yeah. he didn't go until sort of mid second round. Uh, Jalen Smith got picked at the top of the second round. Those are the two that that I, that I think about. Um, I remember after the first day, well, well, not hey, that Julian Love would go in the Both of those guys are Buckus Award winners, along with our current Buckus Award winner. Jeremiah yeah, so I don't see Jeremiah Sukoromoa falling l- lower than 26. Like, I, unless no, there's some sort I don't of character see him falling issue. Out that, of the top. Smith didn't have that that leg injury. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have got out of the top five. Right. Absolutely. Top three probably. Uh, but no, I fucking I hate the format. It's I. It's garbage. It's I, uh, because I and it's because I, I so much of it is because I know it's for. TV ad revenue. It's not for the fans enjoyment. It's for the league to make more money. And that makes me, it just adds to the fucking part of it that I hate. It's garbage. So fun. Of course. So it's no fun. So of course it's the NFL. It's just, and it's just, it's so drugged out. We also have issues with, um, with the third round being split from the fourth round, because I remember Julian love, um, that being a, a huge shock that he didn't go that second yes. day. In fact, I think that they, they, he threw a huge party in like a Chicago hotel, if I recall correctly. And then like yes. the next day it was a much more subdued affair when he finally got yeah, like four so, people. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's no fun. Like the, the, the old school Saturday and Sunday, Sunday was the best. Sunday was my day for that where you just sat around all day long. I think because that, that was was that frankly, round seven. Frankly, Josh, if if I'm going to be honest with uh, uh, with the the listeners and you, um, Sunday in the Charlie Weiss and the Tyrone and the Charlie Weiss era was kind of the day was when the Notre Dame players got drafted. Yeah, that was the hot. That's time. when Notre Dame players got drafted before Brian Kelly. At, yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, number of draft picks and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, can you update us on the USC versus Notre Dame? Um, what the actual tally is? Oof, it's been a while, but Notre Dame's ahead, right? Um, USC hasn't added to their, didn't add to their. Notre Dame picked up more than USC did last year. 
Are are we getting ready for our our, uh, our now annual battle with uh, who who are you, who who are we arguing with? Who did the fuck we argue with? Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, they have a different count, and I love it. I love that they have a different count. <laughs> so, Bre- Brennan, walk our, our listeners through this again, because there's there's some discrepancy here that that you actually were kind of all over last year when you were doing your research. It, yeah. So what it was is um, USC was double dipping on their count of players because they were counting guys who drafted in the NFL and the AFL. Is I think what it, it ended up being, and I How went about through guys that were drafted twice in the and then did well. The other thing that wasn't they were drafted twice, but then there was also an instance where guys weren't being counted if they didn't play in the NFL. So Notre Dame had a number of guys who decided to pursue, um, you know, being a doctor, actual careers, be doctors, mm-hmm. be uh, work on Wall Street, um, you know, be lawyers, uh, Notre Dame things, and. Uh, those guys didn't get counted uh, by the USC by the the USC counts. But you can look through all the. I was just I just went through the whole list based off of uh, what the NFL record keeping had, and Notre Dame Notre Dame was shorted, and USC was given picks. Yes, uh, so yeah, I mean classic USC. Um, <laughs> classic. Classic USC. Uh, I don't know if you caught uh, my, you know, it's always a good day to dunk on USC, but uh, made sure to dunk on USC today. Every, every chance I get uh, their dumpsters, dumpster program. So uh, when they're, they're rolling out those dumpsters in the fall, uh, you are looking live. (laughs) (laughs) This is at this year, Notre Dame could have their most draft picks called since like fucking 94, 94. I think they had, they had 10 and 94. And we, I think a lot of us are kind of banking on a possibility of nine Notre Dame players being drafted in this. Wow, which nine? is holy cow! I think yeah, just, I don't know. I think ten. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the guys, and you tell me. I'm gonna give you ten players, and you're gonna tell me who doesn't get drafted. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah Wusakorma. He's drafted. definitely getting drafted. Liam Eikenberg. Drafted. 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 Ade, drafted. Dalen. Ugh, that's a tough one. Drafted. Uh, you know, just to be, be a contrarian. There's I'll seven rounds. There's seven rounds, Jude. I was gonna say there's just seven, to be a contrarian. I'll say not drafted, but I I, I feel like Dalen Hayes is probably gonna be drafted. So yeah, he may not be. He may not be like a fourth or fifth rounder, like some people th- say he might be. Uh, uh, but like there's seven rounds. Right? He could get that. Yeah, he could get that. But there, there's that well, there's seven rounds. Is what I'm saying. He'll get drafted. I mean, don't, right, don't, so, the, uh, don't Aaron, the Packers Aaron need Banks. somebody? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, Aaron Banks. Well, I'll just I'll just say that Aaron Banks and Hainsey are both getting drafted, right? I, I think yeah. that's that's yeah. That's, uh, Ian Book drafted. Yeah, drafted. I gotta say, drafted. That, I mean, and I I would not have said that a couple months ago, but there, there I mean, there's a lot of smoke trends that that's gonna you know end up being a thing. He's part of the Davis Mills section of the draft. He's gonna get drafted. Yeah, that's right. That's a good comparison too. The that Davis Mills. Um, all right, so Tommy Kramer, the forgotten man on the line. I I have doubt is drafted. Okay. I'm gonna um, say no again. Just be yeah. I, I don't see him a lot, so I'm gonna say no. 
I'm just saying, Nick McCloud, comparing him to a lineman like to from Kennesaw State. Uh, I mean, so here's where it gets a little interesting. Nick McCloud's McLeod, got some of that uh, David Bruton type energy, right? Well, he, he and his he was the fastest player at ND. Yeah, and, but I mean, like I, just sort of a guy that you feel like maybe could be drafted for special teams and then sort team. of work his way up from there. I I think he's a. I mean, Jalen Elliott got drafted last year, right? Yeah, but safety and corner. Yeah. I, I'm gonna say undrafted. Yeah, I mean, and hope and, and hope for the best. I'm gonna say drafted. I think, what, what, what the I think he deserves to be drafted. I'm gonna say drafted. Okay, uh, Benny Sko, Javon McKinley, Sean Crawford, Brock White. Nah. Any of those nah. four? Nah, no. Brock Wright. So, Josh, with you saying Brock Wright, you're in. You're in ten. Jude, you're so you're was, at seven. Yeah, so nine seems right then. Do I get to pick? Do I get to keep KJ Stefferson if he gets drafted? Can uh, sure. As, can I have him as eight? Yeah. You Don't. You can't appropriate Jacksonville State. Okay. I mean, we we can more we can uh, spiritually uh, take uh, take Stefferson, but I think for the record books, we will not be able to claim him because we kicked him off campus. Fair enough. That's fair. So somebody so, else gets the claim. So question for I you mean, guys. if we're talking well, nine, if we're talking like. Eight, nine, it's a possibility to get 10. Oh, yeah. I I think the number nine is about right. I mean, we're we're a far cry from uh, 2014 when we had to sweat till the seventh round for Ben Koyak to get picked. Oh, yeah. 2015 must have been. Yeah. And that's what that's the only reason that I think Brock Wright still gets drafted. I think there's a lot of Durham Smythe in there. Uh, Durham got drafted in the fourth round. That was a huge surprise. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a. I'm not saying Brock Wright's going in the fourth round, but I think that's a. That's a Durham smite. Like someone's gonna like him. If someone likes him, they're gonna end up drafting him like sixth round. I'm, I mean, the likelihood. I. I, I don't think is. I, there's not a likelihood of it. I'm just saying that I could see a route there for him for sure. I mean, I don't know. There, yeah, I mean, McKinley's an undrafted free agent. Benny Sko probably is too, although he's going to have a tremendous career. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sean Crawford, it's just, it's just too much, too many yeah, injuries. Yeah. Except you didn't say that about Drew Tranquil, right? There were too many injuries when it came to Drew Tranquil. Because th- he just kept coming back like the Terminator. Instead of well, Sean so Crawford, did- though. <laughs> but Sean Crawford had well, he did, he never his play never dropped off. Sean, there was definitely a drop off of play for Sean Crawford this year. Yeah. Right, right. I, Sean right. Crawford would admit that there was a drop in play. I mean, the Sean Crawford we got in 2015 is not the same guy. Yeah, which is unfortunate because that was a hell of a get. And if he just would have been healthy, would have been would have been. Would have left Notre Dame a long time ago. A long, long time ago. I mean, we're talking like probably the 2018 draft. Well, uh, just 
just wish uh, Sean would have uh, decided for that seventh year just to have that. <laughs> just to have Tommy that stat line, man. Oh, I, I was just, thinking. I was thinking more just for the Tommy Boy memes. I just I, there's just uh, God, there's just something to that that's just like you could be it. Like, look, I'm the guy who asked Kurt Heinisch about his legacy of being, <laughs> um, you know, do, do you think about your legacy as being, you know, the guy who's going to play the most snaps ever in Notre Dame history? Uh, that thing it, that interests me. Like, look, like, think uh, your time there is a, says a lot about your legacy. Like, your name lives on and in a place like, like Notre Dame where, you know, 15, 20 years from now, your name is still brought up in, you know, in glory, if you will, uh, your longevity at a place means something. I mean, he'll, he'll have played on two teams that finished the regular season undefeated or three teams that finished the season on, uh, regular season undefeated, right? Two. Uh, no, three. Uh, the conclusion of this season, right, Josh? Are you are you reneging yeah, on oh, your yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. previous okay. prediction? What, what's now, happening? Now I see what you, yeah, if you would have stayed, you would have had three undefeated regular seasons. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a, I mean, that's a claim. Not only Kurt Heinisch Heinisch should be the the most snaps, but the winningest. Well, MTA will have that along with him. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's some fifth year guys, but I mean, snaps, like actual games played, Kurt Heinisch, because. Uh, MTA had some injuries. Actual games played. Heinrich should have been playing since day one in 2017. So actual games played off oh, five full fucking years. That's a lot, man. There's uh, that's never going. That's never going to break. Not unless we get another pandemic. You're talking about birthday boy Kurt Heinrich, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Heinrich day. Fucking love that sharing, guy. Sharing a birthday with Matt Bayless. That's that's a quite the combo for April 27th. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes, yeah. makes absolutely it makes sense. sense. There's nothing about that 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 screams out of, you know, odd. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. Do we got anything else? I mean, there's just I I, I would love. I mean, there's so much to talk about with the draft. I mean, like we could talk like another two hours about. Do you it, have but, a hot take? Do you have a hot draft hot take? I mean, it's not that hot. I mean, if people, uh, follow, you know, if people listen to this podcast, follow me on Twitter, and through the site, they know that I think Liam Eikenberg's a first-round talent. So I think if there's a hot take to be had, it's that someone takes him in, you know, in the first round. I mean, that he ends up getting selected in the first round. Other than that, I mean, not, not really. Jens, uh, can, re- refresh my memory. Did we talk about the would you rather have uh, a talented player from your hated rival be on your favorite football team? A question? We did. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, and we I did. said, I, I mean, mostly because the Seals have had so many great uh, USC Trojans <laughs> that I don't. Uh, oh, that's right. No, you said Troy Palomalu, no. right? Yeah. Yeah. I only had to put up with like Steve Smith and Jason Seahorn. So Seahorn was pretty awesome for the Giants. Uh, Clay Matthews was a tough one to swallow at first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, I, and, I, and AJ Hawk was as well. Oh, right yeah. So, yeah. You mean Hawk. Mr. Laura Quinn, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just, that's, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I had to live with that even longer. Uh, <laughs> did, did you get yourself a split jersey? Uh, you know, Ohio I never. Ohio State did. in the pack. I, that's of all the things that I that I regret in my life, 
Um, that's not getting a split jersey is one of them. <laughs> that's yeah, definitely not I can one understand. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely not one of them. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, here comes the draft, and it's nothing but see. And not only is it terrible as a fan, but because web because websites drain all the clicks out. I gotta work. I got <laughs> from Thursday night, you know, from Wednesday, from t- from right now until Tuesday, I am bogged down up to my ass in NFL draft work, and there is a spring game coming up. Ta da! But who we're gonna to get watch to that. It? We're gonna get to that in just one moment, right after we take this uh, quick, quick little break. All right, we are back and talking about a spring game that uh, it's like the selected few will watch this game. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't think it's. I knew as soon as I, it I went really on Peacock that, that I knew but that this would be the about to go the fuck off. Preach, I knew as soon as this went on fucking Peacock that it was going to be a goddamn disaster. It was just trying to get a handful of more downloads for this dumb app, and. Lo and behold, guess what? If you have uh, Fire Sticks or you have um, Samsung televisions, um, which that's what I have in all of my house, uh, it's not an option. So I will be looking for um, alternative means, which I'm sure the Internet is just rife with um, pirated streams of the Peacock for the Notre Dame (laughs) spring game. So I, I can't wait to be tracking those down. At twelve thirty this Saturday, can't you just like go to a Buffalo Wild Wings and say, "Hey, can you call up the Peacock app for me?" I mean, I I guess I could, but there's a global <laughs> pandemic. And, well, I'll have my second vaccine, but I gotta wait two weeks. So I guess if 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 Greg's ex girlfriend's mother isn't doing anything, Perfect. I'll be flying out to California. There you Perfect. go. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I mean, uh, one way or another, I'll watch it. I, I we're an Amazon Fire house ourselves. I thought I had the Peacock app on there, but I don't fucking know. I probably should start searching around about what I'm going to do to watch it. Uh, it might be Team iPhone. Um, I'd lo- I'd love to watch it on my iPad, but uh, Dylan tossed that thing across the room, and that's shattered now. So oh, no. that's not happening. Ah, oh, that little bastard. Little bastard. Like what? what is the big expectations for the game? What's the appropriate punishment for throwing an iPad across the room and shattering it? Oh boy! I mean, you guys have heard the stories about my son, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. There is no punishment. No, because he's a nihilist. Like my my son's a nihilist too. They don't. uh, They don't believe in punishment. If I punish him to have him know there's punishment, I go to jail. Because he just it it doesn't click with him. Like you really have to have like a, a conversation with him. Uh, he's just I mean he is all all meat, all all brong all meat man. Wait I, wait I, wait. Oh. There's some potato. <laughs> well yeah I mean he is. Uh, uh, I guess my daughter we had a a onesie that said uh, pasta and potato uh, for the yeah. <laughs> Italian Irish. But anyways. Uh, because Toledo can't decide what what uh, 
ethnicities to celebrate just as well as I can't decide if they're a part of Ohio or fucking Michigan. So, um, anyways, no, I don't, I don't know what to tell the get, tell the kid. I, I told him not to touch the damn thing as it was. And he grabbed it. I mean, what do you, what do you take God, away? So, so frustrating. I mean, the, these kids have no sense of, <laughs> I feel like my, like my dad, but these kids have no sense of how much iPads cost. They just, they throw them at will. And it's just like, so infuriating. No, and they're to, to fix a screen is the cost is stupid. No, no, no. You Staggering. might go buy a new yeah. one. Right. <laughs> Except the fact that it is damn, damn near brand new. Like I bought it in like September or October. And it has, it rarely has been used. Like it's a, it was rarely used. And I think he broke it in February. Boy. So, I mean, it's, it's barely, so I, yes, I'm going to pay for the new screen. People are like, yeah, buy a new one. I'm like, well, it's fucking new. <laughs> so I, I, instead of having that in my mind, I'll just, I'll pay the, but it's like $300 to fix the damn screen. Yeah. Ugh. And Apple okay, doesn't so deserve your money for that. We, fi- one. we fixed one iPad screen and it was the worst experience of our lives. Like we bought the, where the did you home- go? No, we bought the home repair kit and actually like, fixed it and it was yeah it was just like it was like diffusing a bomb like it just it was not worth the the stress i was so acer yeah acer laptops i i like getting their chromebooks because they're cheap and i i abuse the shit out of mine uh so so i buy quite a few of them it seems like because what happens is is the acer chromebooks the keys just stop working the, the membrane in there gets all screwed up. It just, it just stops. Like I had one, uh, I think Jude, maybe I texted you during a game once, like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> to, or maybe, maybe I just got on my iPhone and, and finished the recap real quick on that. But the keys stopped working like in mid stroke post game, uh, in the press box. But, uh, you know, so I bought a few of them. So I had like three of them sitting here and I thought I was like, you know what? I, I bet I could just fix these damn things, get this stuff set. I can just fix these. And I got, I got three of them here. The kids can use these for school because they're perfectly good. I, I don't use them for, I never use them really for anything other than the, for the website. That was it. They don't get used for really anything else. No, you cannot just, I am not a computer repair. Man. <laughs> it was tragic to say the least. Tragic. Uh, and it ended up just in uh, the trash can. <laughs> because it was just one it did not work it did not work so i would not even try to replace a, a screen myself i've seen the videos it looks easy enough i know better it was it caused a lot of like tension a lot of stress a lot of fights i would i wouldn't do it again for all the money in the world i just i would pay the money that's that's my my takeaway I, i'm not very handy though so like i guess that's also part of it but it's just rough. Just rough. All right. So we really got to talk about the spring game, though. Uh, which is, this is the most ironic time for me. Because I, remember what I said today, I put in the one of the comments on the site today. It was like, like, look, if I wasn't running this website, I wouldn't give a shit at all about <laughs> spring football. I would not. I, I wouldn't care about the practice reports. No, none of it. it. None of it. I would maybe glance at it. I wouldn't care. And so I know I'm just like cutting the, my knees out from 
my, <laughs> you know, for what we're doing on the site. But just personally for me, I, I don't have a whole lot of interest in spring. It is just so much fluff and so much non-answer, so many non-answers that I could just go without it and it'd be fine. And the spring game was always like magnified times two. Like it's great because it's football during non-football times, yeah. and that's fun, and that's fun. But I, I've always hated fans, you know, overreacting to spring game shit. And it's been that way for a long, long time. So most years, yeah. But this year, I, I, I am a little excited for the spring game. Uh, I, I, maybe it's the COVID thing. Maybe it's just. Maybe Notre Dame really did wet my palate a little bit more with with their clips practice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe it's because there's so much uh, changeover. Uh, you know, on both. You know, you're excited to see the Marcus Freeman era, the new quarterback. quarterback. I want to see Jack Cohn. I want to see Jack Cohn throw one out. I put a. Uh, uh, I think Jack Cohn was the player profile today on the site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt Green did wrote him up. And so, you know, I'll go in and, and throw a little few things in before we publish them. And I went and grabbed his highlight film from his days at Wisconsin. And it's just it was nice to watch. I really enjoyed watching Jack Cohn throw a deep ball. I enjoyed watching him take a risk. Uh, so and that's with Wisconsin player receivers, which I would I they mean, had a good one. Cephas was good. He wasn't a very good human, but he was a good receiver. No, he's not a good human being. He's not a good no. human being. He, he was, was a bad human though. being, but he was a good receiver. But he threw to a lot of different players. That just wasn't just him. They, it's the tight end. Something we all love. Uh, I just, I enjoyed watching that tape quite a bit. So, and I got more out of that. And I watched, I remember watching that when he transferred. And then we got all these clips. And then I go back and watch that. And... I got more out of watching that than any of those clips. <laughs> it, it, there's just more, it, there was more to digest in terms of what he, what he's, what kind of defense he's throwing into, you know, it's those clips are so hard to, and you know, and I was taking like an hour going through three minutes, picking yeah. out each little thing. And I just, st- I stopped doing that. I was like, this is just, this is way more work than, than what's needed. But it was nice to see him in a game setting against, you know, watch him, going up against the defense, making the reads, taking the risks, uh, taking off with the ball, shows his running ability. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm excited for the spring game to see those things into play, uh, at least most of it. Um, so that's that's fun. That's cool. I, it's I'm now, excited. It's, now just, it's just dawning on me that the NFL draft rounds four through seven and the spring game will be happening at the same exact time, which sucks. Yeah, that's what I. That's why I wrote about that today. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was actually the, thinking about that too. Last time I remember, the last time I remember that happening, I believe was in 2005, and which was Charlie Weiss's first year, and Cedric Benson was the number four overall draft pick for the for in the draft and went to the Chicago Bears, yeah. and they announced that they announced that over the PA and D. And the booze rang down. And I was there with my brother-in-law, who is a huge Bears fan. Uh, you know, married my sister, who's a huge Packers fan. So that's always fun. Uh, but uh, like, hey, you got Cedric Benson. He just sh- fucking shook his head. And that was a freezing-ass cold day. A freezing cold day. 
So it doesn't Stop happen very often. Never on a boat with Cedric Benson. We didn't. Yeah, so it doesn't about, happen very often. We didn't talk that, about which uh, which crew you guys prefer too, like whether you watch ESPN, ABC, or NFL Network for the for the draft stuff. Oh, I'm a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist too. I watch ESPN. Yeah, I everybody so, that every time I say that, everyone's like, "Oh, you should be watching this." No, I've been watching the ESPN coverage since I was a yeah. wee boy. Yep. I this that that I ESPN dropper goes dun, 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 yeah. dun, the little the chimes iconic. Yeah, I I'm there for the nostalgia. I am there for for the chime for sure. I mean, it's just it's I don't know, man, just what I'm used to. And I don't care. No one's I don't give a shit. About, no one's coverage is great. Everyone's full of shit. It's all there's so much fluff. I just I like if it's bad, at least it's entertaining. If Mel Kuyper's lost his shit, it's entertaining. I wonder if uh, Greeny's going to be any good as the as the main host. Oh no, he's going to be awful. As he is in everything well, that he's good. done without Golik. Yeah, and I am uh, I'm really excited about the awfulness that's about to come, and <laughs> I cannot wait for the for the cat calls about Wingo not being there on Twitter. So. Be good. Um, one I thing, mean, like, one thing that I don't like, like about it as well, um, sort of larger picture is, you know, I, I listen to the national stuff on Sirius XM. I listen to, um, ESPNU. So I listen to all the national guy shows and they cover like today. I listened to Danny Cannell and Greg McElroy break down the Oklahoma and Texas spring games. They spent a solid 45 minutes breaking down the spring games for those two universities. Do you think that after the NFL draft that Notre Dame will be mentioned at all this week on any no. of the national shows? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Notre Which is, is why they have not been on the same weekend for a long time for that reason. It's, the spring game for me is it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be a hype off. It's supposed to be a hype fest. Like the offensive line play is going to be awful because it's awful for every team that plays in the spring. Um, it but you're supposed to get out there and like hype hype for the season coming up and not only hype um, you know players but also hype recruits because you know you want to get people talk the buzz about Notre Dame going and this weekend is really. It, this weekend's the biggest, other than an actual recruiting weekend, it's one of the biggest recruiting weekends that Notre Dame has because what is more important to recruits than Notre Dame players getting drafted? That's right. more it's important also, than winning a national title. It's a watered-down right? da- watered recruiting weekend too, right? Because there's no yeah. recruits there. This, I mean, there was, the spring game is like one of the creme de la cremes for every program for the, recruit, for the recruiting efforts. Yeah. And with no recruits there – so much of that goes out the window and it's, I mean, so this will be the first time Notre Dame's had a spring game without recruits there since fucking, uh, well, they didn't have a spring game last. So I don't even know. Yeah. Right. It was like fucking Frank Leahy. Cause he's like, I'm not having kids here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Jude, you were going to ask a question like, but we just kept talking over it. What were you going to ask? Honestly, I, I don't remember, but I mean, my, my feeling about this, the spring game is ex- exactly like yours, which is um, we're so desperate for, for football that we end up watching the game 
with a much more closer eye than I think it probably deserves. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's a harbinger of things to come, but most of the time it's just, it's just a a way for guys to, to get out and show out. And, and I I know I've told the story a hundred times, but I fell in love with uh, Corey Holmes during the 2015 spring game. I think it was, I mean, guys like Justin Brent were having a great game. If I recall correctly, Um, you know, you don't have, you don't have to pick on we don't have to pick on Junior Jabby anymore. But oh, like, I was hoping just, we were going to go the whole pot without saying him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, didn't I make the rule? I you did. Yeah. You made a you made I a did. rule. You 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 put that edict no long, out there. Yeah, there's no longer the Junior Jabby Award because I am. He doesn't deserve the the, the mud that 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 comes along. That's that's like that's crucifying the wrong Jesus. You know, how about how about like, we come up with like a, an award opposite that one, and we call it the Phil Jerkovic Award for the guy that just shows his ass <laughs> in the spring game? I mean, there's a lot of different players that we could actually na- name that. I was that say, kind of, as bad as Phil Jerkovic's was, I think Deshaun Kaiser. Chris was Deshaun Kaiser, yeah, leading into 2015, yeah. Yeah, I he took would a still safety prefer- in the spring game, a safety. I would still prefer Phil using like 147 times left Notre Dame. I would still prefer using a player that left Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. And use, yeah. Then using a, an alum. There's no, there's no need to. And I'm not that guy normally. Which but, alum would you be talking but, about? But, junior but, Jabby? But the, yeah. But the, yeah, the junior Jabby thing bothers me. Cause I mean, number one, he went to like the best named school ever. The Hun school. I mean, does fucking does Attila teach there? I don't know. It's it's in Princeton, New Jersey, uh, but I, he didn't deserve that, man. He was a fucking two star recruit at Notre Dame, just doing his thing. It's okay. I in the fucking Willingham era is where he came in. I I just I I hate saying his name like in, in that kind of context. But you cannot say his name to any Notre Dame fan without them knowing exactly what you're saying. Just like when you say manure. Uh, manure, manure, prince. You swoosh. automatically hear whoosh after it, right? Yeah. Is it whoosh or swoosh? It's whoosh. It's whoosh. Yeah, it is whoosh. Whoosh. <sighs> so, here's the thing about the spring game. <clears throat> Normally, it's and you're only gonna find this content on onefootdown.com, and it will be published this week, as always. The weather report. <laughs> it's it's a flip of the coin about weather for Notre Dame spring games, generally because they're in mid-April. Uh, like 2007, glorious day. Speaking of Junior Jappy, glorious day. I mean, absolutely 78 degrees, the sunny. One, the one we hung out at, uh, 2019, was a nice day, too. It was. It was. It looked cloudy. looked cloudy. It yeah. still nice. Um. Well, this so for Saturday, <laughs> I don't. There's no fans that are going to be there, but just letting you know that they're going to be playing in decent weather, 74 degrees, no rain. So 74 degrees on field turf and no rain. That's you're going to get some show out. So that's that's good news. And it's 57 the day before, so they're about to get a heat wave in South Bend. It's been freaking. I mean, me today out. was nice. Today was nice and hot for everybody. Uh, but it, it's, it's about to cool off on Thursday for a couple of days. So just, I know that's the hot content. 
Trust me, weather weather reports are in the hot content. They have well, been weather reports are great too. Time. If you're thinking about attending the game, unfortunately, that can't happen. So, yeah. well, they're, well, they're also. I mean, they're important for gamblers. Uh, it's important for. <laughs> Can you how, bet on a spring game? <laughs> like, if if you know there's going to be snow at a game, are you more likely to turn that on? If you're at home and you got this list of games to watch. Once you know that there's a snow game on, I'm turning it on. Turn, don't yeah. you turn to snow game? Absolutely. Wyoming versus anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that Ohio state, Minnesota game in the snow a few years back where the Minnesota coach was eating a deli bar on the sidelines oh, during the game. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was Jerry kill who was eating the deli bar or another coach on his staff who was eating a deli bar. I don't bar. think it was kill. But they definitely had a fat man on their staff eating a dilly bar <laughs> during a snowstorm against Ohio State, and it was one of my more memorable moments. I love the uh, the snowstorm at the Egg Bowl between Mississippi and Mississippi State. Oh yeah, it's just, it's just it's not a game you would imagine snow, and it's such a good rivalry. It really it's is an underrated. And then, rivalry. Underrated, and then you know what? It's we're gonna reward you with this snow game. I mean, that's a yeah, hell of a reward. On Thanksgiving, so oh, God, was, triply great, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's that's definitely one of my faves. Uh, you know, I'm staring at this at Notre Dame snowball picture here, but uh, not Notre Dame Rise, stuff. That's it, why Rise and Strike's my favorite uh, uh, <laughs> Notre Dame the shirt. They got the snowball on the back. Uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of that, that's ah, that's why it's so infuriating. Notre Dame has rules for this shit. They wrote you a manual. They have rules. They have fucking of their color usage and all that. That shirt was not in the Pantone rules. <laughs> Ugh. It's infuriating. And that's and it's like when Obama came out back back too. It didn't look like. Well, I was thinking that the the art kind of looked like uh, Obama's official. Um, Portrait. Smithsonian painting where they put him in that weird ass. Uh, they put him on a seat in front of that weird ass, like Wrigley Field ivory, where it's the same sort of energy of just like who commissioned this art. Speaking of art, I just pulled up the pot art. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty oh, great. this is, we are officially a Met, Mets podcast now. Uh, that's going to make my good buddy Scroat happy. Uh, Actually, Billy Gorman's a huge Mets fan too. So Billy, we should get Billy on. And he's our baseball writer. So this is, yeah. he's going to fucking love this. It'll get, it'll get uh, Philip excited too. Cause it's Notre Dame related in pinstripes. Even if it's oh. Mets. Yeah. Loves, Philip loves Phil is the ultimate pinstripes. defender. He is the ultimate the, defender. The, of the 2018 team. Shamrock series jerseys. He, yeah. he, he defends it to his death. He is not backing down from that. That terrible fucking uniform. Hey, everyone's got to have really bad one, really bad take in their life, right? And that bad is hills. one way to look at it. Well, speaking of bad takes, do you guys <laughs> have anything you're looking for in the spring game? Is there something? What could what could happen in this spring game that makes you nervous and or excites you? Stirs your it loins. Makes me nervous. Jack Cohn rips his Achilles. Uh, well, oh, uh, let's let's. Like, other yes. than injuries, because I, I mean that's, that's a given. 
excited. I would uh, think Drew, that that would make you excited because that would almost guarantee Drew Pine starts. <laughs> and- makes makes me excited. Uh, oh my God, is that Kyle Hamilton's music? Here he comes. <laughs> he comes all the time. Doing the Will Street. Oh, awesome. Uh, let's see I'm, sh- I'm shocked about the Drew about the possibility of Drew White playing. Like I, I don't, don't think, think they let him. I, he's been practicing. Yeah, right. But I mean, he's come on. He was now. in the what Irish Wired Marcus Freeman video. He got hey, he got a yeah, lot of screen time. Yeah. He, he just take hey take a spring off. Kyle Hamilton's about to go through his entire Notre Dame career without ever playing a spring game. So why <laughs> why would you feel like you need to? Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm looking forward to seeing is chemistry between uh, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. See what that looks like. Or the uh, center and the quarterback. You know, after after that video of all those low snaps. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although I think I go, I default to what you kind of said, which is that the, I think it was what you said. The offensive line always just sort of looks like terrible and yeah. out of sync and no chemistry. And so I don't I don't tend to like worry about that just because I've seen it uh, spring game after spring game. So at least Arguably, they're not your best offensive lineman's not there um, wherever you fall on the Jared Patterson spectrum. But like the five right. that they're putting out there isn't the five. And if there's that's the thing with <clears> the spring <throat> games is the offensive lines always look like trash. Because how do you if you're an offensive lineman, a lot of it's like getting hyped. Right. Because you you have your job is to like stop people from from hurting your guys and like, how do you get that level of intensity when you know your quarterback's wearing a red Jersey? Like, I, I think that it takes some of the edge off a little bit for offensive linemen to know that there's not live bullets. Yeah. And I, I think also too, once the defensive, the edge guys get close enough to the quarterback, they almost like, they almost give up. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's hard to get a read on, well, unless you're Jordan Batello, who I <laughs> well, who will I'd, I'd put who, a might, right now. who might give June a scenario of killing Jack Cohn's <laughs> knee. Yeah, uh, he'll do it to Ronnie P. Do you have high expectations? I know we're not going to see anything from Marcus Freeman's defense because, like offensive line, you almost the defense is going to be as um, you know as vanilla as a beaver's butthole, but. <laughs> <laughs> Beaver Baku. Hashtag Do you expect to see anything from Tommy Reese's um offense as far as like is it gonna be a bomb fest? Is he gonna is he gonna use all aspects of the field? Are the running backs gonna do more than they did in um, the highlight packages that we got, which so was the- Mostly I think this is this is exactly the game to take to take dumb chances on. I mean, like, did you see Texas throw that like a backwards hoop type pass at the goal yeah. line or whatever? Yeah. Like, yep. it's just yeah. If you're gonna throw a 50 yard bomb to see if somebody if Braden Lindsay can get under it, um, this is the game to do it in. You right. know why wouldn't you? That, and, that's and, not and typically a, a BK. No, it's not a first. It's not typically a K spring game, though. Yeah, it's not. It's not a typical first and ten. But, but what else? But what? What is it? Kind of adjacent to my answer is the fact that it it's not planning on being in a typical BK spring game, though, right? Because this one's actually going to be a a. I, I would like to see what the roster is, what the teams are. They said they're going to split it up blue and gold. So I would like to see exactly how that split up. There's only one guy who's swinging. Uh, who's got the, he, he, the only one guy who has the pineapple on his front porch, and that's Aiden uh, 
Kianana. Yeah, I'm going to get this before the fucking game. But Aiden is going to be the swinger. But I'd like to see what the roster Let's just call him AK. Josh, let's just call him AK. Let's make it easy. AK. Oh, AK. AK97. AK97. Oh, that's even better. AK97. That's his new nickname. No, no, no. Rubio is 97. Aiden is 92. AK92. Yep. That's fine. 92 is a great year for. For what for death row records? It's a good year. So, so, so we can do it, AK. Um, yeah, I'd like to see what these teams look like. I think because of the fact that this is going to be, there, there's going to be some team pride, and they're going to want that competition. I think they're going to want the competition juice flowing. So I'm, I'm hoping, and banking on that, they're going to open it up some to, to get that to to make it a little more fun. And, and you know what? They fucking deserve it. The players deserve to be able to just go out there and have some fun rather than just running like, you know, five fucking just running the ball for no reason. Just to get the hell out of the game. Running clock in the second half. Oh, yeah. That'll happen. Well, yeah. I mean, the best, happened thing each spring, best thing about the spring game is three short. years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's the best thing about spring game. They're, they're, they're the quintessential hour and 35 minute affairs. So. Yeah, our, you know, our podcasts are way longer than the spring <laughs> game. <laughs> In that fact, if you sync up our podcast with the spring game, you can actually listen to it twice. But make sure you start on the third line roar of the uh, the spring game. So You know, we, we did it with a, with a condensed version of the Hawaii Bowl. I, I see no reason why we shouldn't. Uh, sit down and do a, a synced up version of spring game. We'll see how Honestly, it goes. I think the Hawaii bowl is one of our shortest podcasts. <laughs> I think it is. Too. Well, the, the condensed version was only an hour long. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> and it took us four yeah. hours to set up. <laughs> well, it took two days, two days. We, right. took, we had that whole night before where we just sat there like, Oh shit. How are we going to get this to work? Ah, uh, so I don't know what, um, I think someone's got what? Are you, any surprises as spring? I mean, again, we're not we're not mentioning like any kind of name awards here, but uh, any kind of like fun surprises. I'm interested. I guess here's a fun surprise: which wide receiver ends up with the most receiving yards? Because I'm going to say Jordan think, Johnson right now. Oh, just if Jordan just Johnson light, ends up with the just most light receiving summer yards. on fire. Summer is going to be scorching. If that's the case, it's going to, Ooh, you are asking for, uh, you're asking for trouble. Cause if he has the most receiving yards, yeah, I'm asking, for Bartolo, I'm asking for Bartolo Colon to go up and hit me a single or a home run. Cause he, he run, he's yeah. done that. Yeah. 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 He can do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm asking for that. I mean, why not? I, I'm going to get nuts. I kind of expect Larry Keys or Braden Lindsay. I'm going to get nuts. I'm going to say Xavier Watts. <laughs> Dude, that <it> also. <laughs> Getting spicy. Summer on fire. Yeah. Like, if, I said, if I said Joe Wilkins, no one pays attention. <laughs> Notre Dame football for the rest. And look, no disrespect to Joe Wilkins, but his name is not get it, does not rise the excitement out of the fans. That's not to say he's not a good. You know, you guys know what I'm saying here. I'm just yeah, saying if Joe Wilkins ends up having like, 
nine receptions for 140 yards and two touchdowns in the spring that's game. That's not the same as the the speed guy. That's not the, the same as Jordan Johnson having six or catches. The, that's not the same as Jordan Johnson having six catches for 82 yards. Five-star wide receiver, yeah. If if your 2025 star wide receiver blows up the 2021 spring game, um, I think that's going to create a buzz. That right. would be that kind of would be a best case scenario, I would think, right? Because that would give him confidence going into. I the, mean, if, if only Audric Estime was an early enrollee. I mean, <sighs> that would be so nice. Uh, but I am curious. Like, so we're gonna have we're probably gonna have Kyron and Tyree on uh, opposite teams. So that's limited fun. snaps, limited, limited snaps. I would assume with running backs, right? Unless they're catching footballs, but I assume limiting limited snaps for Kyron. I think they're going to get some work out of, out of Tyree on this. Um, you're going to see a lot of SIBO. Whatever team SIBO's on, you're going to see a lot of them because <laughs> SIBO don't care. He, he's out there plodding, <laughs> throwing his feet he around. Would- Vin Diesel lives his life one quarter mile at a time. Sebo Flemister lives his life three and a half yards at a time. He certainly does. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to see a lot of Sebo, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I am. You're going to see a lot of uh, Kendall Abdul-Rahman in the, uh, the Western Kentucky Western spring game. Western Kentucky too, spring right? game, yeah. He's immediately eligible. And he's got four years of uh, of eligibility as well. Uh, I just I love him for putting pirated footage of of practice on the internet. Oh my god, that was so great! Some of the best practice footage I've got. This is like like, wow, this is awesome. Like I can use this. Like this, this this matters. This means something. Like I did when when he first did that. I didn't know what to do with it. Like I look at like, huh, oh, what is this? I'm like, is he allowed to do this? Does it fucking matter? He's not on the team anymore. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. So well, I guess it's going to be Tommy versus Marcus then, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. I think I think Marcus probably plays it vanilla just because that's how defenses go. But well, and he has maybe that's a lot of time to do the install, right? So let's say it's, it's Tommy, Tommy and what? And Elston, yeah, versus O'Leary versus Marcus and and Lance. Is that is that is that how it's going to go? I don't know. Well, you definitely put Tommy, for the two teams. Definitely, yeah, you put definitely put Tommy and Lance on opposite for coordinators. That that makes sense. And Lance is basically co OC. But there's, and, but yeah, there's and no Elston, way. Elston and, is and coordinator. Freeman. Yeah, it makes I sense. Mean, this, is a, this is a fun exercise, but there's no way that they're like Tommy's calling every offensive play and Marcus is calling every defensive play. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because right? what, what's the point of anybody else calling them? Just to be fun. Yeah. Which no one ever is. Treating the spring game with the amount of respect it deserves. That is, that is unfair that is. and unjust. And how dare you, sir? Because. The late great New Lewis Nix brought us the greatest spring game moment in Notre Dame history. Absolutely. Uh, when he scored a touchdown in a spring game, which uh, will always resonate for me, wearing the number one. Uh, I mean, do you think they'll get Stu Mandel to call a play? 
like Andy Staples did for wait, he called defense for Florida State and I'm, I'm Andrew Adelson no. called the offense. I'm gonna say no. So uh, no, he called off. Um, no, he called offense because he wrote a fan. Um, yeah, he wrote uh, a good piece. Staples wrote a fantastic piece right. about um, running a first down. Excuse me. Yeah, running. Oh first my down. God, dude, are you okay know, over there? It's, it's only midnight too. It's, it's uh, yeah, it was a fantastic piece about it. So he called offense. Uh, yeah, can they get Stuart Mandel? I would lure him into campus, and then I would put a. Um, a uh, protein bar, one of the ones that he's always eating during the audible uh, as he's sitting in his hotel room. And I would uh, put it onto a trebuchet it, and launch on, is him. It's just, just sweet irony that a podcast called the audible has some of the worst audio oh, it's for so a national. Like, how, how bad can you be? <laughs> Oh, recording from their hotel the, rooms on location. Say, I thought that I thought the I, am, I am a petty operation over here and I know nothing. I don't have a producer and our podcast sounds infinitely better than, than what they got going. I mean, I know Feldman has the five pack a day voice going on to match my own, but it sounds shittier. Like, do you guys not have 40 bucks to buy a mic? And here's another thing. Now that I'm going to stay on the topic of bitching about the athletic. Why does every athletic podcast feel the need to have 20 fucking ads in it? Because uh, boner they, medication are ads are in that bad of shape. Are they in that bad of shape? That they well, need to have I don't, I don't want to get into it, ads? but they are, but they are, they are looking at somebody and they are looking for a venture capitalist to um, inject more did. money into the business. Which I, I, I want the best for the athletic because, frankly, oh, yeah. I want I want that kind of content. But it's the only place you're getting that kind of content. I mean, I right. I crack jokes and have my beef with the athletic on things, but that is not to say I don't 100 percent absolutely respect what they do and love what they do. Uh, but come on, guys! I read twenty a, ads. I read podcast. A, I read an oral history of Dennis Eckersley's. Um, like defining moments of his career or whatever. It was really interesting. Uh, the Andy Staples thing that, that uh, the Brendan turned us all on to was really interesting about the, yeah. the likelihood of, of success on running first down versus passing first down and, and, you know, sort of how, how the, the metrics this, can betray story sort of about what your Notre offensive Dame philosophy is. The story about Notre Dame and Washington and the that letters. Was great. That was a couple oh, years yeah. ago, that but yeah, great. it was great. And I like the the plays, the the Simpson articles so where he breaks down the plays of the players. That's great. Talking too. to uh, Doctor Phil about the the hundred nothing game, that was pretty fun. So, no, they're yeah, they're amazing. I just like to come on, guys, buy a microphone. Yeah, buy a microphone. Uh, actually, they had a pretty good one about uh, the 2018 draft about, and it was actually kind of tangentially related to Notre Dame, which was. Um, the Ravens talking about moving up uh, to the Broncos spot and the Broncos said, no, if Chubb's there, we're going to, we're going to sit tight or no, the bills wanted to move up to get Josh Allen. And uh, the Broncos are like, Hey, Chubb's there. We're going to sit tight. So they end up sitting tight. And then um, they called the, they called the 49ers at the ninth pick. And they said, we have a guy. Uh, and so we're not going to move. And so they didn't, move, they didn't want to move back to uh, risk McGlinchey. losing out on McGlinchey, which was interesting. So, 
and there was also some talk about the Bucks. And we're gonna it weren't gonna move if Nelson was there, but then Nelson got picked by the the Colts. So it was kind of a, it just a couple years later getting those guys on record about how it happened that the, the Ravens picked Lamar Jackson and the Bills picked Josh Allen and sort of how those basically what goes into you know figuring out how to draft right. guys. It was cool. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they're all friends with Ty Hildebrandt. And Ty has to go fuck. He has to be driven nuts with the sound quality. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Poor. (laughs) Oh, shit. Fuck. Is there what else? I mean, do we. I mean, this isn't. We haven't even got to our two hours yet. But I mean, I just feel like, number one, the NFL draft we talk about, we could talk in circles and for hours about it. But again, you're talking in circles. Because I think once you get past the 10, the top 10, it's a fucking whatever. It's a whatever. And then the spring game, I think we're all the same understanding of, hey, it's football, uh, and we're not going to take too much out of it. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just overworked, and and well, no here, one's paying me 110. Here's what I want. Here's something I want to talk about. Um, I, I don't know if you know, knew, but um, a couple of Notre Dame guys got, got married uh, last week. Uh, first of all, Isaac Rochelle. Got married to oh, yep. Yep. Allison, and I'm not going to say her last name right, uh, but she's a Rochelle. Now, Allison so it's, Rochelle. It's a Rochelle, Rochelle, yeah. Rochelle, yeah. Uh, and Tristan Hodge got married on a Wednesday. So Tristan Hodge. Well, he had his entire truck wrapped in camo. BYU. So, so. Oh, that must have been so near be, dear to your heart. So being married, oh. well, being married on a Wednesday is makes sense. Josh, I, I, I went and I listened to uh, somehow, some way. Notre Dame allowed Braden Lindsay to be on a oh, animated anime podcast. podcast yeah. Yeah, what the Which fuck of course is that? I listened to the whole thing. I listened to the, the entire thing and it was riveting. I, I've already talked with Braden about his uh, top five anime, uh, top 10 actually. And he, he, he flipped that. up the list. Yes. Oh yeah. He flipped up the list a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so he was on, he was on this podcast and um it came out that he is – and just the, the things that I, I will discuss is he's an Ohio guy. He was born in Ohio. Yeah. He said I, – I didn't even know that. I didn't know he was born I in Ohio. Either. I thought he was Oregon. Um, but, yeah, he is uh, hashtag Ohio. So, so, yeah, we haven't talked about this yet because, yeah, he has risen several levels uh, on, my, on my scrolls here uh, at, at the uh, – at the emperor's commander or uh, headquarters here. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. fucking fantastic. Hashtag Ohio forever, buddy. I mean, so you, did you rock in the O? Did you learn anything that that's worth sharing with Notre Dame fans? Not about anime, but also maybe about the program. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, if, if you don't want to go through the pod, I learned that, uh, there were some juicy nuggets in there. Um, they did go into, he did, like about an hour in, he did go into some of the like very briefly and kind of because it was mainly a, a podcast about anime. Um, but he Love went it. into uh, some of the covid protocols. It was it was like a, a two minute conversation in there. And basically what I gleaned from it was um, what we can all pretty well understand is the players did not um enjoy the covid protocols that it was very difficult um they were essentially i guess he said that they were in 10-man pods 
uh, for most of the year. It was very difficult to build team chemistry. Um, workout the workout routines were difficult because like you'd have to do it every, you couldn't have more than 10 people in there at a time. So you might have a workout, you might be doing lifting at like six in the morning and then you wouldn't have practice until, you know, like nine or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it was very disjointed with how everything had to be because it was all um, segmented and broken out. And he said that um, all the players plan on getting vaccinated. Um, Obviously, Notre Dame students, um, they announced that they were like 90 percent uh, whenever they did. I don't know. It was a few weeks ago. Well, right? Yeah. Well, they also announced that they're you're going to have to be vaccinated to, co- to come back Yeah, to fall, come back right? to school. And he, he said that, yeah. too, is that the university that you're going to have to be vaccinated. But all the players are going to be vaccinated. And that's going to alleviate a lot of the restrictions. Um, he said that it's going to re- alleviate a lot of the restrictions that was put in place um, that they had to go through now. So. It kind of seemed like he was kind of excited about that, about having a more regular football season um, because of these uh, fantastic uh, vaccines that we have availability to. And if you can get one, please, please, please go and get one. So just to go back to what I was saying about the Rochelles getting married, um, (laughs) just real quick, I just want to I want to mention Isaac and his, his new wife have a, uh, a podcast that they did when Isaac was on the the, the Chargers called Babe in the Braids. Um, and, but Isaac has now cut his braids, so he doesn't have braids anymore. So they were looking for a new name for their podcast, and then Allison was soliciting suggestions. And she did not respond to mine, but I thought uh, Rochelle Rochelle – a young couple's erotic journey from Indio to Indianapolis was, that was a surefire winner. Yeah. Um, and she also was talking about wanting pot art. So I was wondering maybe if, um, if uh, my friend Brandon could put, could put together a Rochelle Rochelle mock-up for her to look at um, that includes somewhere that that subtitle or that d- description, because I think that's, I mean, almost assuredly I can. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that it would be the biggest waste of my time as it's shot down immediately. Uh, well, yeah, you've, you've definitely wasted your time in worse ways. Let's put it that way. So, well, we, I got, like, a, whole, like, I got a whole folder of uh, ACC teams as Pop Tarts. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, those are gonna get used. Those, we, I, you we know what? I imagine they summer. will. Um, I'm still. Josh and I have a have a, a something in the works here um, with some starters. Uh, nobility. 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 Starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I can I can put one together. But I can put some pot art. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I really there? think. I really think that, you know, a second pass at this, you didn't respond the first time. And I, I feel like maybe I'm annoying her uh, if I go a second time. But uh, you know what? You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw some pot art and say, hey, so, my good friend Brendan made this for you. I briefly mentioned it before the podcast or in the beginning of the podcast, but didn't expand. But today, uh, which is what the fuck is today? Today's Tuesday, Tuesday on Tuesday. uh ESPN and the ACC network uh, sent out a press release. And of course this is coming uh, a year in the ACC with Notre Dame. Uh, Cause 
they're going to swallow up every bit of that year. Uh, so that's coming uh, on May 3rd uh, exclusively on the ACC network. Uh, I think it's going to be 8 o'clock, prime time. Prime time, yeah. buddy. Uh, and I couldn't think of a better lead image for that uh, press release than the one I put up of Brian Kelly shaking Pat Narduzzi's hand after Notre Dame kicked the shit out of him. Uh, <laughs> and it says here in the caption, do you really want your ass kicked like this every year, Pat? <laughs> Probably Brian Kelly. Because uh, Pat Narduzzi is obviously one of the more outspoken ones about uh, hating Notre Dame uh, and that they should join the ACC or, or fuck off. Uh, so, you know, beating no. his ass is always. You fun. know what this is? You know what this is? The ACC is Ray J, and they're just watching their Kim Kardashian sex tape. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what this is. This is what this is, right? This is That's like. exactly what this is. The, the ACC has been dumped. And they had this. They had, they had a, you know, their girl, their dream girl. And. This it, is all they have now is now they just have it the could, it could not have worked out more perfectly for the ACC than what happened for Notre Dame oh, no. to to beat Clemson, rematch. Yep. make it make it make it to the ACC championship game for a rematch against Clemson, which is a better matchup than they've had in fucking ever. But yet but still have the OG ACC team win. The ACC was the big winner here. I mean, they fucking and, and both ACC teams went to the, the college football the playoff. playoff. So in ten years, the ACC is going to be like, oh yeah, we we sent two teams to the college football playoff, just like the SEC did. It's like, uh, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, ACC. I, I see what you're doing here. It's the ultimate trade-off. Now it says here, like, a year in the ACC will feature. Interviews with head coach Brian Kelly, Ian Book, and Jeremiah Wosu Coromona, and, and many more. Like they're gonna ask him, like, was how different was that ACC game against Duke? Do you guys remember the lead up to the Duke game? They're like, well, I don't know, man. We'll have to see what they do in their first ever game in a conference. I like it made any difference Chase on the field. Bryce, famed ACC quarterback. Uh, let's see. Um, Oh, again, I have a special feature about I mean, this is almost like a Notre Dame produced thing. Special feature about with Dalen Hayes, behind the scenes access surrounding when, Notre when Dame. Do they interview, when do they interview the Nard Dog and he breaks down uh, his favorite Notre Dame ACC moments? I want to hear from Narduzzi. Uh, yeah, I don't and, see Narduzzi on the list. And yeah. And they, they, so they're going to put a focus on that Clemson matchup. So I, want, I am curious to know if they're going to have any. Opposing head coaches on there. Um, oh, they better. I want to hear what Dave would, Doran has to say about Notre Dame joining the conference. I would even though they Pat didn't play. Was, he probably wasn't in on the phone call. And looking at this picture, it looks like he is wearing a bra underneath his shirt. Uh, oh, just put that, that out as there. his tradition. As bro. his tradition, bro. It's a bro. Put that out there. Man's ear. I mean, a, if you prefer. No, it, it looks like a bra. I mean, <laughs> so. Uh, anyways, so that's coming up. So that's exciting news, right? Uh, but I mean, it's again, it's something. You're gonna get a spring game, and then a couple of days later, you get this Notre Dame extravaganza on the ACC network, uh, which is always fun. Uh, man, there, but there's really, no, I mean, Notre Dame baseball is fucking playing incredible ball right now. They haven't lost a series all season long. Yeah, num- they, number six uh, in the they country. They almost right? did. They were down eight runs going into the eighth inning. Oh, right? yeah. 
Yeah, they, I mean, they came storming back. Uh, they fucking they, they come storming back, and then they're stealing home and shit. Uh, so that, that was great. They, they, their series against Louisville, they split. Um, one game was uh, was canceled, and then they split the other. They split two games, and it, Louisville's ranked fifth. Notre Dame's ranked sixth in the country. This is incredible. Notre Dame is probably going to host uh, one of the first round uh, College World Series games. Uh, so it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, this is this is fun stuff. Uh, so Jared, it, a, lot, a lot of their games are on. Yeah, no shit. A lot of their games you can watch on ACC Network or on ESPN three. Uh, or, or is it ESPN Plus? Whatever the hell it is, uh, I highly recommend it. Highly fucking recommend it because uh, it's Notre Dame winning and winning good. I mean, for a northern team, if you're not a big college baseball fan, for a northern team, and that's any team north of you know, of Kentucky, basically, to do as well as they're doing is pretty incredible. pretty good. It's like it was like Michigan, Michigan last. Michigan yeah. got got jerked off uh, last. Two years ago. Two years ago, because last year got canceled. I mean, Notre Dame was making moves last year. Um, before the, yeah, they were on the bus. They, they had just swept UNC down yeah. at Chapel Hill. Just swept them, and then were, was on the bus at Louisville when they got the, you know, the call saying and, uh, season And listen, if you like watching Notre Dame teams playing in green uniforms, well, buddy, <laughs> yeah. I got something to sell you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me tell you about the best dressed te- team. They are on Notre Dame. It is Notre Dame. real sharp. Yeah, the the base the baseball uniforms are the best uniforms. And the baseball hat's period. great. They period. don't even sell the baseball. You can't buy the baseball hat, and it's very upsetting. Yeah, you can. I just I saw that. Not the not the alt baseball hat with the uh, gold brim, or I guess the the old gold brim. Oh yeah 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 because. Uh, didn't Chris Tyree have one and everyone flipped yeah, out? He Tyree had one, and I spent my entire life in the last three years trying to find one, and I can't. Well, I'm going to talk to a guy that knows a guy and see if we can't hook some up. I'll eat it. If you can get me two, I'll eat one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good time. And look, the college college baseball world series will run through into August or into in August, uh, into June. Uh, so there's, there's still a lot of good stuff to watch here and it's going to get exciting coming up. It's going to be fun. It's fun. This is This is great stuff. I can't tell you how low the program was, uh, before Jared got, the, it was bad. Uh, you know, after Marinelli left for, for LSU, it was just all downhill. And then you you go from the Big East to the ACC, which is a, a really good baseball conference. It, it's akin to, I mean, you went for the Big East, ACC, and basketball, and that was a that was an adjustment to make. But the difference in play between like the Big East baseball and ACC baseball is just like fucking night and day. So that was a huge adjustment to make. Link Jared obviously was the answer because uh, he's getting it done. That's fantastic. Um. Oh yeah, so we didn't do it. We didn't have any reviews tonight. Uh, I do know that one of our super fans uh, mess- uh, tweeted at us and said that he doesn't even he listens to it on Spotify, but he went on over to Apple Podcasts left a review that did not pop up yet there, bud. Uh, so when it does, the next podcast we'll we'll read it off. So all of you, bring it our way. Bring it our way. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Smash that fucking subscribe button first. By the way, hit that subscribe button. 
then go down, give us a rating, give us a review. We are looking for those earned. What fi- who, who? What kind of earning are we at now? I think that it's Jeremiah Julian Lusen. Love earned, but it Jeremiah might be Jeremiah Lusen 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 yeah. at this point. Yeah. We have evolved. So we're looking for those earned Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa f- earned five. Man, that's that's a lot harder to say than just Julian, Julian Love. Love. So quick. You can say J-O-K. Uh, woo. Those earned woo five stars. Yeah, yeah, that, that works. Uh, and every, every review that you leave over there on Apple Podcasts, we will read on the next OFD podcast. Uh, whatever you got, pizza takes. Oh, I dropped a gorgeous pizza picture on Twitter today. <laughs> this beautiful home run in thin crust sausage and pepperoni pizza. Greg, I, I could feel Greg's uh, jealousy through our DMs. He knew, he knew, he knows. Uh, and that's really it, man. We'll, I'll begrudgingly be covering all of the draft. Uh, we'll have some, there, I can't guarantee that there's not going to be, as much, it's not gonna be as much fun as last year. Last year was a good time. Everybody was at home. That whole situation with CD lamb was like one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> yes. The girl that was, that was humping. I, f- I forgot uh, all Trey about Young. that. Yeah, she's, she's Trey Young's ex. Now she's sitting next to CD lamb and tries to answer his phone. And it's not the, even that it's just the fact the way he grabbed it, gave it a good gripping. And then gave her that look like, bitch, are you serious right now? Try to look at this phone. Now they came up with, I I know after the, after that, they came up with some excuse, like his, she was just answering it. Cause the agent was going, whatever it was, we, we could see, we, we all know what's going there on. Was, we all have wives. Was last year the one too, where the, where the, uh, the bomb, uh, pushed the girl off the guy's lap. Right. Wasn't that last oh, year? Oh yeah, that was too. Oh, yeah. That was, um, he's an offensive lineman. Oh God. I can't remember who, I think he went to the Jets, didn't he? I can't remember, but that was a funny moment too. Just like uh, the guy who jumps up. And no, it was his Robinson. mom. Isaiah Wilson pulled the yeah, girlfriend off of him. Yeah. Went to the, uh, went to the Ravens and his mom <laughs> pulled the girl off him. <laughs> Oh man, that was yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's what I was I was saying it then. Like I'm not hey, enjoy this. Because this is way better than the green room. Because people get a little more comfortable in their home, even with those cameras there. And there was just some fun shit going on. Yeah. That, that was a that was a fun draft to watch. Plus we were all bored as hell, right? Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> we were we were through Tiger King. Uh we <laughs> we were a couple months into to the pand- pandemic. We I Barely left the house. It was is is Isaiah Wilson already out of the league? Yes. Oh my god! And he started I, a rap career. I think I just saw that a couple days ago that that he was gone. He was a first round draft pick, right? Yeah, he's got that four year money. He's got that four year money. Yeah, that's why you get what'd that you first guys, round. What do you guys think about Kyle Shanahan saying uh, Jimmy Garoppolo may not be on the team on Sunday because we could all be dead by Sunday? Well, I mean, that's he's not wrong. He is not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> you know, they could have, they could, they're, they're building those mini black holes in CERN. Um, you know, there it could be any day now that they just activate a, uh, 
and those particle colliders, just a black hole just eats the the earth from the inside out. That's it. We won't even know it, Jude. So <laughs> Wow. Don't they have one of those in CERN? Yeah, they get yeah, they do. Yeah. They have uh, yeah. they build these miniature black holes. So basically uh, but the theory is like they could have already done the Stranger Things thing and oh, we don't yeah. know about it. So like we're living we very likely living in a parallel universe right now. Oh, for That's sure. That's why, like, sure. the Mandela effect is out there. That's why Stephen Hawking's had to uh, recant his uh, previous statement that uh, matter is lost in a black hole. Because it obviously well, is not. <laughs> brief history of the universe there, Jude. Um, uh... I think the funny thing about I, – I, am, I, am I wrong about this? I might be wrong about this. Is Stephen Hawking, like, cheated on his wife? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think that, you're right. I think how, do, how do you even pull that off, man? <laughs> the same way he did with her. You blink and you miss it, I guess. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. I mean, what are we, two hours in now? Oh, man. Now you know it. Now you know it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I would like to know what, like, how many realities we've we have morphed into over the last like twenty years. That'd be that'd be nice to know. It would mean my, my dreams would make much more sense. I'd fucking tell you that. Tell you what, I wonder how many of those realities didn't have Kansas State laying a fucking egg in Waco, Texas. <laughs> chilly November evening. Yeah, some chilly November evening. They fired it up in CERN. <laughs> Yeah, all systems go. <laughs> Some alternate dimension Brendan's enjoying his 2012 Notre Dame national championship mug instead of his undefeated sad mug. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's the ultimate battle between uh, church and science. <laughs> Galileo strikes again. <laughs> he always does. <laughs> so somehow science uh wins out eventually uh, anyways well that's it we're we, we're done we did the thing um jude was the wedding thing your last thing or you got something else for us i just wanted to say that uh i wrote about this for our website but the women's lacrosse starts their acc tournament uh tomorrow well when you're listening to this probably today uh 2 30 uh, ACC Network. They're going to play against Duke, the team that they beat uh, previously this season. Um, look, the, the the ladies' season can be summed up like this: they beat all the teams they were supposed to beat and lost to all the teams that they were supposed to lose to. So uh, at this point, they're eight and five and haven't shown that they can beat the Boston College, Syracuse, UNC's of the world. Although they've come close, um, and so if they beat Duke, then they got to play UNC again. Which there's nothing bad about UNC's team. They're pretty awesome uh and i would imagine they're going to make it to the finals uh this year but we continue on watching because uh the girls are fun oh and one last thing i'm sorry one more thing i apologize um i got a brief brandon hoyt update today and so again really can't say much because we're waiting for some things to fall into place but let's put it this way uh today i felt better about the situation than i did two weeks ago um, oh, that's good news. Yeah, I think that there's um, some things that Brandon is finally doing 
um, that are helping his cause. And I'm encouraged by the what I'm hearing. And I'm hoping that he continues on this path because I think it, this is the right path for him. So um, when I get to the point where we have a little bit more definitive information about uh, his landing spot and, you know, maybe where we can even send him letters or something like that, I, I'll be sure to share that with our with our people. But um, for all those who are praying types, please continue to 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 pray for some intercession. In, in, in his life because um, he needs all of the, the voices going in his direction telling him um, you know that this is this is a good opportunity for him to to put himself back on the path so to speak yeah so, I'll tell you what there's there I, I, I we, we know for an absolute fact that there are uh, Notre Dame students that listen to this podcast there's a mom and there's a mom and son combo love you guys I think that's great that's fantastic bonding uh, but if you're a Notre Dame student on campus, head on over to the grotto. Go light a candle for Brandon. You know, send send one up from from the OFD podcast. Uh, you know, every little bit can help. I mean, this yeah. uh, this is something that's been near and dear to to Jude, especially um, as he's been you know monitoring his situation and spearheading you know you know our efforts to to do what we can to try to help him. Uh, so yeah, go, go, go light one up. That'd be very nice. I, I would appreciate that very much. I, I, I think that the, the prayer request line from the grotto is probably sick of me talking about Brandon Hoyt to them, but, um, somebody else could, <laughs> somebody else could do that. It'd be less awkward for me. So, uh, that's, that's, that's the sign of, uh, of a true, uh, of a true martyr there, Jude. <laughs> in the face of it all. Brandon, do you got anything to to share before we get out of here? Yeah. Um, I guess in other business, um, the NCAA has extended uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Emmerich's contract, contract. <laughs> to December 31st, uh, 2025. Uh, they just kind of tossed that in today. Um, but uh, old Mark, uh, Marky E's, uh, he's... He picked up another two years on his contract. Uh, you, you well know deserved, why? Of course. Because you know it coincides, coincides with the playoff. No, they, they still need the whipping boy. Because oh, now yeah. things are, are all moving in the direction of big changes, right? And so no one new wants to step into that role. Yeah. So the guy that's been the face of the oppression is going to be the guy yeah. that's going to fucking hang this all on as as – on his out. It's a it, honestly, yeah, he's employed, but it sets up for a great couple years of true humiliation as he backpedals on everything he ever uh, stood for, which is I'm fantastic. I'm sure um, he's going to look like uh, Lloyd or uh, Harry in Dumb and Dumber, just crying into those hundred dollar bills mm. that. <laughs> That he has been given. From I the mean, NCAA. speaking of which, uh, if you're Jeff Long, that's probably a guy who cries into a bunch of hundred dollar bills, right? Could you imagine screwing up a situation more than he did at Kansas, and, and then uh, and then actually getting uh, compensated for that? Yeah, given. Oh. Yeah, remember this is Jeff Long, the guy who was the chair of the college football playoff uh, for a couple of years. So, and now yeah. LSU's got. Uh, civil complaint from seven women who say basically that they fostered Les a culture Miles was of 
absolute scumbag. Yeah. You know, I couldn't think of a, I, I just, all I tw- did was take a screenshot and tweet out optics. You get, you got that, that news about the, the lawsuit. And then you got fucking Kim Mulkey arriving to her press conference and just, let me just rip this fucking mask off and throw it. Like, are you, are you serious down there in Baton Rouge? Are you fucking serious? I mean, I, I mean, I would love to just talk. I mean, I'm vaccinated fully. I'd love to take my masters, but get a grip, get a fucking grip. I, I don't, I don't know at what point LSU decided to completely jump the shark on all this. Maybe it was when they were waffling with, uh, with miles. I don't know, but I mean, come on. $3 million a year. I mean, that's some serious money. That's some serious money. I would, you know, there's, there's some questions about what you would do for $3 million a year. Um, I would be a, I would do uh, unspeakable things. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would be a whipping boy in the public while everybody behind closed doors is giving me high fives. All of the people I respect, right? There's a lot I'd do for 3 million a year. How many there's years? A lot you would do, you know what, Josh, there's a lot you would do for 110,000 a year. There is. I, I would be a very good employee. Uh, for, I don't know, a sh- uh, a, an athletic apparel company that is looking yeah. for someone who actually knows what the fuck is going on. Uh, I'm the ultimate uh, consumer consumer advocate, uh, product control. 110G. It's all I'm asking. Full I'm benefits, asking. obviously. Full benefits, pension. Just Golden saying, the whole, it's, the whole thing. It's a, it's not a, it's not a big number. Like no. if I was living in New yeah. York City, if I was living in New York City, I would have a 400 square foot apartment. Right. Yeah. But I, yeah. But I live and, in Hinksville, Ohio, where 110 grand a year goes a lot farther than it does in New York. <laughs> I mean, the the only problem is, is as soon as as soon as you got it, um, you know. Your wife would be right back to Nebanon Zillow and trying to find you a new place. And you, you don't want to go down that route again. So maybe maybe they're doing oh, you a favor. Do, do, you, do you really do, need it? Do, because you I, mean the I route I've been on? <laughs> like, uh, it hasn't been deferred? I, it's the same route. It's the route we're on. <laughs> Josh, let, let's, let's call spade a spade, okay? Your wife is, is keeping money away from you in the holy water. Oh, uh, that's true crime ring that she is running uh she's she's literally washing that money and good luck (laughs) in holy water yeah so i i just hope that it's enough to keep her out of purgatory that's i mean who who's to say that uh the holy water black market isn't just knocking years off of uh of her time there it's i mean it's ensuring that it's getting to uh to the to the people easier I'll be sure. To, I'll be sure to write the letter to the Vatican when she, if she passes before me about uh, needing an investigation into sainthood. Have I told you guys about my observations about the the mask wearing when going to communion? Have I have I railed about this? So, uh, so I before you people. do, okay. Before you do, I have not been. My son had his first communion in June last year. Which was the first, which was the only time I've been to mass 
since March of 2020. We still have the, we still have the dispensation right now. And so now that we're both vac- vaccinated, we're uh, probably going to start going back sometime this month or, or no, sometime, well, sometime in May, maybe, maybe wait until June. Uh, but please give me your hot communion takes because, because I had plenty of just the one mass that I went to last year. So go ahead. Yeah. So here, here's the deal, right? I sit, I sit fairly close and I'm, I'm a people watcher. I, I should be praying after I take the communion or whatever, but I, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm pretty much watching. You're seeing who's there. I'm, I'm pretty much watching people take communion. Right. And there's three ways to receive communion, which I think is funny, which in is the hand the, in the mouth. Uh, no, all well, the knees, buddy. Everyone is pretty much in the hand right now. Right. Because in the mouth yeah. is just is just kind of a no go. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you, got, you always got the last guy who who kneels or whatever. But that's a whole that's a whole different bag. He's still doing what they can, right? So the three ways are: uh, you pull your mask down, you pull your mask up, and the third most hilarious way is you take off your mask as you approach the priest. Now, what are these people doing? Right? Think about this for a second. Why are you taking off your mask in the one time you get within six feet of another human being? <laughs> right? Uh, like, yeah. that's literally yeah. killing the point of, of a mask, right? And and you don't need to have your mask off to eat your communion. Because as people, as I've just demonstrated, if you pull your mask down, when you walk away from the priest or pull your mask up, you can slip the host underneath your mask and have a pretty pleasant experience. Now, I would say it's about 80-20 mask down versus mask up, I prefer up because I think my mouth is closer to the bottom of my mask than the the, the top of my mask. Um, but I've noticed a lot of people are kind of like pinching the the nose area, pulling out the mask, and sticking the hose underneath the mask. So uh, when you do go back, uh, feel free to to take a look and see if if uh, people in Ohio and Indiana or Ohio and Michigan so, are doing the same way. So here here's what's going on, and this is secondhand. Most of this is secondhand information, obviously, because we haven't been to Matt. Mass is so long. But just at my son's first communion back in May, now our church has a few people in it that are really pissed off about Vatican II. They really, they really, I mean, they they would prefer it probably being in Latin, priest to the back to us, the whole night. Uh, so I was shocked to see how many people were dropping to their knees and taking it. Like that wasn't going on pre-pandemic but now that we're in a pandemic fuck yeah we are let's just get on the knees and open up the mouth and drop it in I, so oh, i was that shocked needs to be but, a drop so i but i wasn't i mean i was shocked at the same time i was like obviously it, these people are doing this so you know that was that's been a point of conversation my wife and i about kind of some of that nonsense i mean a, a lot of veils are coming back women are wearing veils again uh Vatican II is getting thrown out of the window at our parish. So someone who's who's continued to gone has kind of relayed some of the information. So like half of one side of the church is mask wearers and the other side is non-mask wearers, even though everyone's recommended to wear a mask. So you got half and half. So it's just, I mean, it's a fuck, it's a free-for-all. So just the fact that someone's wearing a mask at your parish, I would just be proud of that, Jude. Because <laughs> I was just happy to know that the side that we sit on 
is the side that is wearing masks. So it won't be awkward when we do go uh, we, back towards work. We have 100% compliance at our, at, our, at our church without anyone having to like be a cop about it. But the attendance is way, way down. I mean, uh, Cuomo capped oh, yeah. us at 50. And even though that cap's been listed, uh, lifted because it's been considered unconstitutional, um, I wouldn't say we have much more than 50 at the 11 a.m. mass that I go to. So, Well, I mean, once the bishops put in the dispensation, like this, this was when that happened back in March, I had, uh, I had reposted it on, on Facebook. And of course, someone from, from the parish is like, but this isn't a get out of mass free card. And I'm like, yeah, actually it is uh, because they're saying you, you don't, you're not required to come. So that is that's exactly what it is. Oh no, that's not how it works. Like, well then, I don't know. Learn Do you to know read. What the word dispensation means. Please learn to read or go ask, you know, go ask father or, you know, call up the bishop and he'll tell you. Uh, so yeah, but attendance is you know, down everywhere. Uh, but I mean, there's people that are like, all right, this is the thing. This is one less thing that we have to worry about as far as, you know, being safe during a global pandemic. And so, I mean, I applaud the bishops for, for doing that. There's a couple of them. I know that, (laughs) that are out there, I'm sure that are, uh, fighting a tooth and nail for the most part, I think throughout the country that this is set in place. So that's good news. I don't know. I, I, I am very curious when you go back uh, here in a few weeks or whatever it is, uh, how it's, <laughs> how it's going to go. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a people watcher. I can't wait for people to watch me. I can't wait for you to walk in with the uh, emperor, Supreme warlord, defender of the faith mask. Uh, <laughs> with the PBR. With the PBR. You know, my wife had to wear that. Uh, she forgot a mask. And I had oh, put that as I had put that in the uh, in the car and she went to Target. So she was so she was walking around Target for like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, with that mask on, which uh, she said Just, no one yes. asked her. She didn't she wear it no inside out. out. I had um, to wear my good. I had to wear my daughter's mask, um, Sophia's mask, because I because I washed all of my masks and I forgot them and I drove out and I was like, Oh shit. And I had to go into a store. Luckily they were handing out masks, but I definitely had to walk into a store with a children's sized mask with a giant unicorn on the front of it. Oh, <laughs> oh that's fantastic. That's I got fun. like, I got like packages because I just took them from work. They just got oodles of packages full of uh, like white masks, uh, which are nice because they it's white. It goes with everything. Uh, so the, those are normally in the in the vehicles in the glove box. Apparently that wasn't. <laughs> I didn't have a package ready for in there as far as one of the disposable. I think she just wanted to give the 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 king's mask a test run. Good for no. What's really going to be interesting is Dylan, who was a just a fucking pill at mass anyways, uh, having gone in a year without having mass discipline given to him, <laughs> try to go back. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's only improved in demeanor and, um, uh, you know. So, I, I mean, he only punched me in the balls twice tonight at uh, baseball practice. So, 
Mm. I, I could be fine. speaking in a much higher octave. Maybe I, <laughs> I don't know. So I, funny. Here's the funny sports story. So, uh, my oldest son had a scrimmage tonight. Their first games for little league are next week and they haven't had a whole lot of practice time in. So they're like, well, let's get some scrimmages in. So we get up there and or we get going and he was batting, I think seventh in the lineup and we we're the home team. But anyways, like five kids got beaned before Ryan had got up to bat and he didn't play last year. And that would have been his last, that'd have been his last year in peewee baseball. So this is his first year in, in big boy little league. So he's seeing these kids get destroyed by bean balls. The, his face was sheer terror stepping into the batter's box, <laughs> like just trying not to get killed. And so he stood up there. He took four straight balls and took the walk and he was pretty happy with himself. I think he, he got the third, uh, didn't, I didn't get a run in, but got the third. But so we're out, we're out there and, and, and I'm talking to him in the outfield and I said, Hey man, I was like, I know you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. I was like, you need to swing this next time, <laughs> next time up. So gets through him again. And someone else had already gotten beamed one more, you know, one more, add one oh. more to the mix. Jesus. So who was pitching there. Dontrell Willis? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, getting little leaguers to pitch strikes. Yeah. At the beginning of the season is a chore. Uh, this is, I am not, was not looking forward to it. And let alone the kids in the batter's box. So he, you know, you could just see the, he's scared shitless, but he's standing in the box, bat ready to go, but he's not, he doesn't have the same kind of stance. Like, that he normally would have like, he's ready to fucking get the hell out of Dodge. But to his credit, he did exactly what I said and gave a couple of good swings. The problem was, is that the two of the swings, the ball was like 10 feet in the fucking air and hit the backstop by the time, <laughs> by the time he swung. Oh, so that Bartolo Cologne I, rip. I mean, it was sheer terror. Uh, so they're, they're going to scrimmage again. Uh, so it would be tomorrow, it'll be on Thursday. Uh, I won't be there for that one. So I'm just like, so tomorrow I'm like, and I just kept telling one of the other coaches, I'm like, they were talking about, we're all kind of laughing. Like, oh man, they're like, oh man, I feel bad for him. I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I just want him to take one. So he knows he's not going to die. Right. If he, you know, That's takes a ball to the back. He, he hasn't gotten beaned like that before. I'm like, he, he needs that. They're looking at me crazy. I'm like, don't look at me crazy. I'm like, That's, what he needs to do. So he overheard me saying, well, I'm going to take him in the backyard, you know, on Wednesday and, you know, pitch the balls to him. I said, I'll beat him. Uh, well, I was, I was not <laughs> going to say, beat, and I was not, and I'm not playing the ribs. Doing it. but he totally thinks that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Cause he had overheard me saying, you need to take Aww. one to the back. <laughs> so, that's like, uh, it's like when you're coming back from uh, an inch, like a, it's like a player coming back from a knee, right? And it's that first hit to, that assures them that their their knee's not going to explode, and then after that they're good. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So it's it, it's classic good times right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pitching was a little wild today. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Well, that's it. We we made it to two hours. So somehow I looked I looked at it when it was an hour and forty minutes and thought, huh, this is going to be a short podcast. 
then you remembered it was us. Yeah, I remember two and a half hours is no big deal. So that's it for us. So for Jude, for Brendan, for the entire One Foot Down crew, get tubular and uh, go Irish.